Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and that's so stupid. There's only 24 hours in a day, Dennis. And with me, I've got Liam. You're not going to see anybody play Bloody Mary like I'm about to play Bloody Mary. <laughs> and Mitch. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. I don't know why you guys are way too many, bro. There's so many Bloody Marys in this bathroom right now. You're only supposed to say it three times. Yeah, if you say it like six to nine times, do they double or does she like appear and reappear like a light switch? There's a mirror right above, like mirror right over there. So I I didn't want to do it correctly on the off chance that the old gal shows up. We realized before the mics turned on that recently we spent a lot of time talking about demons demons are a little bit played out in the tmao verse presently i love demons you love a good demon yes yeah, the pumpkin head episode though i don't even think you said yes or no if you believe in demons yeah you sort of let us sort of take it take ourselves on sort of a wild gallivant well i had a friend who was convinced that their house was demonically possessed that wasn't the question but okay so I what don't do you like Monster House? Like it was gonna eat a kid? No. Was that what Monster House was about? Yeah, that's a great movie. Okay, perfect. That's what I thought. No. Um sort of like things like flying off of their kitchen counter. Like paranormal activity three vibes. Kind of. You yeah, ever see that happen? Flying down from the ceiling in this film. What? You see that happen at his place? No, never. I never saw it. Do you um, believe that he saw it? I have I I don't know why I would doubt them, right? I mean, I can think of a lot of reasons why you might doubt them. No, they were, like, deadly serious when they were telling me about this. And right. they were, like, terrified. They were too scared to, like, go into the basement. And then moved out pretty quick. Were they an adult? Yeah. Interesting. Do you believe in demons? So, I never noticed anything in my experience while I was there. So, I have no, like, experience to draw on based on my senses. to From to there or any, or anywhere, ever. I've never seen a demonic entity. I've played one on the screen. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But no, I've I've never, um, I've never. You've never interfaced with a demon. I've never interfaced with a demon, (laughs) with a mon. It's crazy that there are like at least two movies out there about interfacing with a demon. Unfriended and Host are both about (laughs) demon interfacing. I I added a demon on Facebook. I do love demons. Like I love the idea of demons. Like what a rich history. Right. Demons from all different cultures. Do you have a favorite demon? Demons on cinema? Are you kidding me? Like some of the best films are about demons. But if you actually witnessed a demon, you might not love them. Would you be excited? It's like that Reddit story. I tried to summon them once. that that dude who really wants to it was ha- to fuck someone with shit, and then he he wants you know to saying? He's <laughs> he's thinks that he's into shit. He oh, thinks like, that he's like into shit sexy time, and, he's not. and then he gets uh, he pays someone to like shit on his chest yeah. or maybe his face, and he immediately realizes why he doesn't he th- like. Him. I wonder why he thought that. That's interesting. So maybe that would be you with demons. Was Mitch. he demonically You think possessed? you love demons, and then a demon shits on your face, and you realize. You no, don't I don't love think I anymore. would actually like to see a demon very much. I'd be terrified. I think like I would like, like Scooby Doo run out of the room. Oh no! Like I feel like it would deeply disturb me to my core for in, for like the rest of my days. Like you would, would have like a, my... a thousand yard stare. Yeah. 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 Like you were. In I the hope war. there's no demons listening. Like right you were now, in, the, in the war. You were in the demon war. <laughs> 
do we have any demon listeners out there? Email us if you're a TMAO podcast demon. at, G- at demon.com. Yeah. Also, if any demons want to give our show a five star review on, yeah. on anywhere you listen, that would be great. In fact, everywhere it, you listen, like share on every with, platform with some of your friends. Yeah. I don't your... know that they would, though. Corey and I went on a record last uh, last demon talk and well, what said we that we don't believe what in if demons. We had changed their minds. We'd change probably, whose minds? The demons? No, ours. What if we had changed our well, minds? You should change your uh. opinions so we get the demon vote. I'm just saying that a lot can happen in two weeks. Like, maybe what has happened to you in the last two weeks? But oh. he couldn't like, counter a but, demon. But theoretically, like, I'm not saying that I did, but I am saying that we could have encountered a demon in the last two weeks. That might make our demon audience a little bit more receptive. That didn't happen. But if we do have a because demon audience, they could make it happen. The ball's in their court. Yeah, prove it. Dumbass. <laughs> you won't. Did I, t- I told you, I think last week when we were talking about demons and ghosts and the existence of God. Um, shout out to all of our God listeners. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to any gods listening to you. If you could also upvote us, that would be sick. <laughs> Um, that would be sick. A support sign from God yeah. for him to co- endorse um, the podcast. Yeah, if God endorsed the podcast, that would be sick. Um, but when we were talking about demons and, and all that stuff last week, I mentioned a time where my friend Michael tried to summon demons when we were really, really drunk in his basement. And not we, to be confused with the pizza box. No, this is a different time, this is a and not incident. to be confused with the guy who lived in a demon house. Yeah, yeah. It's a different. This time. was a third instance of he like the pentagram in the whole. Yeah, yeah. The but whole he nine yards. Drew a pentagram on the floor and wrote like six 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 across his chest and was like taunting the demons. Like he was calling them like pussies and shit and being he was like, like shit on like, my six 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 chest. Like, fuck do you, it. you demon! Like and maybe uh, demons don't. Maybe they like maybe you're a pussy is like a term of endearment there. Maybe, maybe, but I don't know. He was being really rude and <laughs> and. Uh, we, there was like a bunch of us on the couch and like one of the guys like didn't know like any of us like very well and this was happening and I just <laughs> and I just then, think of that. And then we realized that he's actually a demon. <laughs> None of us invited him. Yo, guys, ah! guys, this is really insensitive. My dad was, this is my, my dad was a demon. <laughs> that explains My a lot. uncle is a demon, all right? I won't stand for this, bro. Yeah, so yeah. this guy's sitting on your couch. Oh, it wasn't on the, my on house. The couch. Yeah, yeah, on the sitting couch. on a couch. I would only use a pizza box to contact the spirits. I would never do something this serious. And so then what? Speaking What's of the which, end of the story? Uh, uh, did, was there a demon? Did Michael summon no, a demon? No, 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 no. He was just sitting there, and you guys didn't know him all that well. I think, I think the demon might have been his hangover the following morning. Yeah, but it was a good time. Um, now I have actually I know some friends who recently did a. Uh, pizza box i we, saw we that board. and i was losing my mind was it inspired by you no well i think it's well i don't know if i want to out them right now for doing what it. if i say it and then we can take the name out we have a week to decide yeah yeah, yeah. So, that's fine uh, well we might be saying different names but i saw it because friend of the show page put up an instagram story of a ouija board pizza box yeah that it's they were like inspired by you using. Well, well, she was there. For, she was there for the original session. Oh, so <laughs> running it back. <laughs> yes. Also, was... I don't think our show is anywhere near influential enough to be making people now decide that they need to do it a pizza box. We I think board. it's very likely to do that when the person <laughs> being inspired is a fucking sibling. Well, yeah, one of my one of my friends uh, recently moved into like a a, a monster house, an old house. Um, so I guess they wanted to see if it had demons. Did it? 
I don't know. We, we didn't ask? <laughs> Bless you. That, that was, was a demon. demon. <laughs> it was a demon that just took over Can me. we ask that's if... That's what medieval superstition does. That's why you say, that's why you say bless you, to can get we, rid of any evil spirits. Can we ask if there was a demon? So you're telling me that you don't disbelieve your friend who said that shit flew off his counters in his demon house. No, And still you don't believe don't, in demons. I, I don't believe in demons necessarily, but I do... But be- you believe that that person is being earnest with you. I believe that... Because it, it wasn't just them; it was also their roommates that had weird experiences. In well, that are house. they trustworthy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the two, then two of my very good friends. So then, how do you sort that out in your non-demon believing brain? What do you think it was? I have no idea. For a, I have no rational explanation. I I just I don't know if I personally believe in them, but I know that like. Do you impersonally believe in them? Some people have their. Everyone's got their own demons, man. Damn. <laughs> Podcast is over. No, I have We've no, I, I have no idea. Like, I just... I don't, like, doubt them. I can't believe we're getting this much demon talk at a round two. I don't doubt them. Dude, people spend their whole lives talking about demons. Yeah, people write books about nerds. it. Like, <laughs> Yo, we've spent 400 episodes talking about no, sequels no, and remakes. No, we are not 400 episodes. <laughs> That, years. that would be nerdy. <laughs> 400. We're not nerds yet. Not until we hit 400 episodes. <laughs> until then, we're super cool and the demon kids are <laughs> below us. They're fucking whack. So we're talking about demons again for a particular reason. But we can also talk about... Um, I feel like we haven't talked about found footage in a while. Did you roll your eyes? Yeah. Why? No, I didn't roll my eyes. You said, yeah, you did. So... Oh. Well, I don't so (laughs) (laughs) okay um i feel like we've had a fairly checkered past with uh that's the term right checkered means not good yeah well like mix it means mix it means you've had some good things some bad come see come saw a checkered past. We've had a checkered past. We've with had found, some with found footage movies. Diary the of the Dead tier stuff. Diary of the Dead. Blair Witch. And we've had some Blair Witch tier stuff. Both of which are bad. Those yeah. two are both bad. Yeah. What was the good one? Wasn't there a good one? I point? don't know. Was it? Was that, am I just thinking of Quarantine? Which was not a podcast movie, but we saw it together. God, I know there's... I think there was one that was good. Or at there least, has to be a pod or at least that we've was had okay. Discussions about found footage before where we've talked about better films. Yeah, Mitch and I like show. found footage. Yeah. Is it one of the VHS ones? Doesn't it have oh, a found yes. footage in it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We that talked must about be a lot why it came Mitch out. and I did that. was that. like three hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remind me how you feel about found footage, Corey, because I know Mitch likes them. Um, I've seen a lot of bad ones. So I think it's one of those things where like, I see the potential of the genre, but I think I'm the kind of viewer that needs the premise sold to me like i do like i want the use of like cameras and found footage to feel like relatively organic and like sensible and like done in interesting ways because i feel like there are some movies that are like oh yeah this is found footage and then it's ultimately mostly just an excuse for somebody to be walking around holding a camera and then there are cameras at like four other angles inexplicably the whole time as well which is it just feels like a mis, a misapplication of a format. But mm-hmm. if you like really bake it in, to 
like the foundational structure of the movie, I'm at least more likely to be compelled by it, even if it ultimately ends up not being good. Because like Diary of the Dead has both problems where it's baked in pretty foundationally and its execution is nonsensical. But it at least like gives you something to attempt to grasp before it, it blows it entirely. And um, also speaking of, uh, I called it Quarantine. That's the remake. I was thinking of Wreck. <laughs> sure. I was thinking of Wreck. That's the Spanish one, right? That movie rules. Yeah, I was thinking because I've seen both Wreck and Quarantine. Uh, you doing this podcast without us, bro? Uh, that was just seeing movies that just sort of happened like that. Nice. I actually saw Quarantine first, and I saw Wreck later at school. Uh, but that movie's sick and a great example. I think Cloverfield is a good example of like yet both like good use of that style and also i understand why the guy kept the camera on yeah like that's like as long as you're achieving those two things like i'm probably down mm. um i also think i actually haven't seen this movie but on premise alone i find it interesting i feel like liam will have seen this so i'm hoping have you seen the the movie searching with john cho where he's Bro. like all on a computer i can't believe you're doing this to me Corey. when that movie came out i begged you to watch it i know you did i begged you yeah it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it also, it has a sequel that we could do on this podcast. And if we did it, I bet this guy wouldn't fucking watch the original <laughs> one either. So what does it matter? No, but anyway, I, so I bring that up to say, on premise alone, great use of found found footage. Like, yeah, yeah. You can sell. But great then, reason to watch a movie. <laughs> oh, look, I'll watch it, okay? Get off my fucking ass. Um, I'm sorry. Do you know how many movies I get recommended by the two people in this room? It's hard to keep up. I have to go to the movie theater to watch Gran Turismo. Not <laughs> four go, years ago, you didn't. I have to go watch the car video game commercial. Um, but what's weird is, like, Unfriended, for example, similarly, like, baked-in premise of we know why all the cameras are on, but doesn't feel like a good use of that. You're a son of a bitch, you know that? So I just, I don't know. You seen that movie? I've seen not all of the movie. I've seen mm. like 40 minutes of the movie. So in fairness, maybe I missed something cool. But in that 40 minutes, you were like, this This doesn't feel like... I wasn't feeling it, but also like, I also, in fairness to the movie, like I didn't sit down to watch it. Like it was on in like a room. I think you know it's interesting because I, mean? I, I feel like that's kind of like not the right way to judge most found footage movies because they tend to be just like slow burns, right? Where where they, they build incrementally. I think all the paranormal activity movies are like that. Um, so, and I think most other ones really they they tend to build slowly. I, I don't think I could judge uh, found footage movie if I, well, I could probably I, I could probably write one off completely. But. I never said I was being fair. I'm just yeah. like giving an example. Yeah. Um. Interesting question then, unless people want to say something else about found footage more broadly, but were you guys like paranormal activity? viewers like when the movie first came out like was that something you were excited about or like compelled I, by? I saw this film in theaters in 2011 okay when it first came out with a bunch of people yeah and um some interesting the things that you remember and the things that you forget right there's a lot of things that i for that i completely forgot like i forgot that this was set in the 80s um in fairness it it's in widescreen so I yeah can see why you might forget that yeah despite I, being shot entirely on vhs and uh. <laughs> and yeah, but I, I totally forgot that this was an '80s film. I don't think it really feels its setting. I think like some of the, like the architecture and the design of the house and all it, of that. But it's it, it's an aesthetic draw. Yeah. Um. I had yeah. So I remember when I see it. I remember. 
I remember everybody laughing about. I remember la everyone laughing at the ending, um, and I remember uh, the, the 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 weed scene, right? Where they're smoking weed, yeah. And then there's the proposition to to film and have sex, yeah. Um, and that, I remember much and else. That's crazy when you're 14. Yeah. How'd you get into this theater? <laughs> uh, there was a whole bunch of us. We just oh, you mean when Mitch was 14? I'm, I thought you meant people filming themselves having sex. <laughs> when they're, I thought you were like, they shouldn't, the, have, no, been, they 20, shouldn't have been so nervous about it. That's only nerve-wracking when you're 14. Yeah. 2011. <laughs> I was 14. Um, gotcha. Was it PG-13, this movie? I could see that. I think so. Must be. Yeah, no, this, um, this wouldn't be But R. before we talk too much about this one, had you seen any of the other ones? Yes, and what's interesting about it is that I don't know, if, if you were to point a gun at me right now, I wouldn't be able to t tell you the differences between the different paranormal activity well, movies. One of them said to me, to me, they all kind of blur together. Uh, sometimes the couples have more rocky relationships with each other, but like I don't know if I could tell you like okay, this one is the one where this happens and this that they all just blend together. Okay, uh, and you've seen all of them just the once. Yeah, how many of them have you seen? Oh, I couldn't tell you, right? Like, There's I, six. I, I know I've seen. I think it's six. I know I've seen one. I know I've seven. seen two. Seven. I know I've seen three. Okay. Beyond that, I know I haven't seen six, but I might have seen four yeah. or five. There's four, and then the marked ones. Did five? Did five come out when we were in our first year of university? Must have. Right like around close. there, yeah. Okay, close. I saw that then. Yeah. There's the marked ones, and then there's the ghost dimension. Yeah. And then there's another one. Yeah. Oh yeah, next of kin is the other one. Yeah. I can't. Did you see me just get that off the top of my that head? Was by impressive. the way, that was pretty good. See, because I haven't seen any of them. But uh, so were you like in on the zeitgeist? Like, were you like paranormal activity stoked, or was it more just like we're all going because it's like it's a thing? To They're an event out. movie, I think. Right. They were very much. I think I remember being really disappointed with the fifth one. Um. But I think like it's weird. I can't think of myself going to see a movie like that in theaters now, uh, which is too bad. But I, I feel like you're an old curmudgeon. I'm old now, but there were an event movie when you were 14. It's like when we went to go see Hereditary and people spent the whole ending laughing despite the fact that the ending was fucking sick. Yeah, I feel like that that movie <laughs> like, is like not an event. Well, I mean, it's a fucking sick, sick movie, but like people were treating it like a bit, and yeah. it, that was frustrating. Well, I think that that. Both of them have like similar threads that they draw from a in the terrifying ending. drive home after that movie. Um, do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Wait, you guys what, were wait, together. What was terrifying the about the drive home? We had a. It was me, you, and Cam. Somebody almost hit us. We were going like down the highway, like one twenty, yeah. and somebody nearly drove like straight into us. And yeah, Cam was sticking his head out the window. He yeah. was having that allergic like, reaction. It was, it was dark, and we had to like swerve. And I was like gripping. Yeah, the fucking when the, the, steering wheel, and it like, was, and I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna kill myself and all my friends like it was like fucking horrible and then i dropped you guys off but i had to go all the way back to pet yeah. so i just drove through the night in the dark post hereditary post like near death car accident just like fucking freaking out the entire time king payman wanted you dude for real king payman took almost took all of us in that very moment that was a that was a scary moment man yeah um yeah. so i feel like the answer is yes but liam you a big paranormal activity guy as they were coming out? 
Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally agree with Mitch. These are the most th- important movies that ever came out in your childhood? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, they felt like event movies for sure. I, they've got to have been sort of analogous to like the Friday the 13th movies in the 80s, if I had to guess that and sort of saw. Yeah, one of those like, oh, another one of those. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. It's out in the theater. Doing. We've kind of seen them in passing and, and they all kind of blur together for us, but we have fun with them. I think that's how a lot of people would have seen the Friday the 13th movies back in the day. Um, the first time I remember hearing about paranormal activity was in 2009. Um, I had some some friends over and they were like, they just brought up this movie that was coming out um, that was supposed to be real footage. They were like, it's real footage of a couple sleeping in their bed and like some fucking paranormal activity happens and the trailers <laughs> are saying it's like the scariest movie ever made. And Marketers I'll, are so good at what they do. For sure. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this sounds incredible. Real ghosts. <laughs> so it's called the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and it was big. It was like it was that was ten years the anniversary. It was. It was like. Was it? Am I crazy in saying it was? It felt similarly huge. Yeah, I, th- like, I think so. I yeah, mean, I wasn't like, there for Blair Witch. Blair Witch might have had it more because Blair Witch really would have been the first instance of that. Yeah. Um, but as a kid, I did. I didn't know the difference because I wasn't around for Blair Witch, and so the paranormal activity thing was very fascinating. Um. And I would have seen that at home after it came out. I probably bootlegged it on the internet. And then I was really excited for number two. Me and my friends were. And we watched that at home as well. Guys, we, it's another real couple. We, yeah, we bootlegged that <laughs> it's one. It's real! We were so stoked for that to come out. And I remember thinking that the second one was scarier than the first one. Um, and Why? then the th- I just... It, just it, like, it basically just comes down to, like, the uh, the different scares in each movie, like, yeah. which one happens to work for like, you. It's, like, very vibes-driven. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I ever could remember any of the scares from that movie. Yeah, it would... I they all go down to the basement in the end, right? I think so. I think so. I think so. I haven't I feel seen like that's all of them as well. That, uh, the yeah. first one is the only one I've seen multiple times. Um, it's interesting how slashers are so much easier to remember because they have to have moments of like we're doing something fun. And uh, yeah, they also tend to be, I think, like more flamboyant. Yeah. Whereas you know? this is like, if they're if in both movies like something flew off a counter, you might be like, ah, I don't. These are these are comparatively, I think, like more understated. They're more. Like slice of life cinema verite with a bit of ghosts. Yeah, yeah. the The fifth one is actually of the ones after the first is the one I remember the most because it is much more distinct. You know, if you remember, it takes place in like a, um, I think a Mexican neighborhood. The fifth. Opp- yeah, the fifth one. Yes. As opposed to being like a yeah, it just like a, in white suburbia. Um, and it made for some really cool set pieces. I really like that fifth one. I watched that one at home. Um, the only one I saw in the theater was also the third one. Maybe okay. we were in the same theater. I traveled to Ottawa. To, Did no, you? No, no, no. Um, I was sitting right next to a guy. <laughs> with I saw the third one. I added somebody on Facebook. I saw, <laughs> seeing them in the yeah. crowd. I saw the third one in the theater, and the only thing I remember now from the third one, and the only thing I've remembered about it for the last five years or so, um, since I've occasionally thought about it, is the ending. Um, and by that, I just mean the fact that, like, old cult people show up in a dark space very hereditary very hereditary um and that's all i remembered and i built it up in my head in my memory as being like oh that's a really bold cool way to end a paranormal activity movie so i was very curious to see this movie again for that reason because i was pretty sure that that happened in this movie i knew it didn't happen in the second one 
because I didn't see that one in the theater. And um, I remember that one being a bit more reserved. And then the fourth and fifth are also a bit more distinctive. Like I saw the fourth, I think it went to Netflix pretty quickly. And that one uh, is is um, starring a teen girl, a blonde girl. Yeah. Maybe you remember that. And they... they uh, Use the Xbox Connect for a lot of it. That's Yo. sort of the Yo. thing. Like they shot it on a Connect. I don't. Or like with a filter to make it look like a Connect. I don't know if they shot it with a Connect, but the the, Kinect they use like the Connect device. Yeah. The Connect can do this thing where like it it shoots out it lights. Pulses to read the room. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it used that. Good, that's a good fucking idea. It was cool. I remember <laughs> liking it. Yeah. I remember liking it, and then. Um, but yeah, they were pumping these movies out so quickly that once a year it has to be. Yeah. So, um, even though I was kind of excited to see each one and I got to them all pretty quickly, the third was the only one that I felt like I'm going to actually go to the theater to see this. I saw the fifth a bit later because I was kind of over it in the time between the fourth and the fifth. And then I saw the sixth much later, um, probably only four years ago or so. I just decided I would complete uh the franchise up until that till that point and that one really disappointed me it has a lot of uh um cgi effects in it that i think are rough and it really just felt like it was spinning its tires i think the fifth was a much more uh impressive place to take the franchise and uh, now i'm very curious to see the seventh one uh that came out a bit ago is it like winter themed i don't know that it is winter themed but it's definitely a snow on the poster so it might be right and i've also i think i've also heard that it's not entirely found footage like it kind of plays with the format a little bit you may as well at this point right like why not yeah. Uh, what I find interesting is, so I remember Paranormal Activity as a phenomenon, but as we've established on the show, I had a large chunk of my life where I didn't watch scary movies because they were too scary. Um, so I didn't see any of them because I was like, fuck that. That looks scary. I'm not down. And I did not encounter them on TV. I did not encounter them on streaming. I did not go to the movies. Like, I did... I did not see them. Like, I maybe saw trailers before certain movies, and that was it other than hearing people talk about it as both a, like, a big cultural zeitgeist thing and maybe flagging moments from them that, like, people thought were cool. When people talk about these movies, it's just like, and then the mom and the dad, they go down to the to the kitchen and they see the girl and uh, she jumps so off and everything flies off the counter. That's what it sounds like if someone's recounting to you. Right, yeah, it sounds activity. like somebody telling you about like, a dream they had. Yeah. <laughs> or it sounds like Mitch's friend telling him about his <laughs> demon house. <laughs> no, they were So they enter the demon house and... They did a much better job selling it. Um, <laughs> Gotta get them to direct a paranormal activity. <laughs> and that demon house was a spirit Halloween. <laughs> um, I, I found it fascinating as like such a popular thing, but yeah, I didn't engage with it like at all. So it was like... I understood it as the found footage, like, security camera movies. Like, in my head, it was, like, that's why cameras were up, basically. But I will say what's interesting, and I think I said this to you after I watched the movie. But I was, like, or maybe during. But I was, like, oh, this is the one with the oscillating fan. Mm. Where like he puts the camera on the fan. I think I said that. No, to you. you just said you just said. Of course, they're using an off oscillating fan. Right, but what's interesting is like I remembered like one of the movies had that. Oh, interesting. Like that was enough of like in addition 
to like the trailer because obviously the trailer would have the shot mm. just the camera panning back and forth and you're just like oh those fuckers they're at it again they've come up with a new gimmick but like i remembered that without having seen the movie that is cool uh which is neat like it's cool that it can have staying power without like it's in the same way that you know like there's a friday the 13th movie where he goes to space like even if you haven't seen them like there's a pretty good chance that you know that um i just thought it was cool that even though i wasn't watching them it had some kind of cachet and it happened to be the one that i might recognize like that just seems like luck more than anything but uh it's something i find fascinating now i'd like to see more of them just because it does feel like it just feels like a blind spot and it feels like such a specific moment I really I really want to read something about like why that style of movie late 2000s into the 2010s was like such a big deal. Well they were so easy to make. They were so cheap. Right, but like And they profited. I think like the first one set set records for Yeah, profit. but but what I mean though is like the found footage movie would have been like cheap to make and easy at like any point in time if you made it cheaply. You know what I mean? But like there's a reason that at that moment people because like there's production reasons but there's also like cultural moments lead to common themes and like common executions of things and like there was so much found footage then and it's just like like the proliferation of cameras and like not just camcorders but like phones and just like always being filmed and like documenting stuff and like just thinking about like why was it then that that was made it just seems interesting like you could shoot a movie now where somebody could shoot a found footage movie where you did it entirely with like ring doorbells and you could comment on like the suburban panopticon of like everybody's google terrified home. of their google own. home Alexa. yeah everybody's terrified of their own neighbors yeah. so like you've all like imprisoned yourself in self-surveillance shout out to my guy michelle foucault for that one but uh <laughs> but uh i think i just find it interesting i think your comment about the prolifer pr- proliferation is that the right word? Yeah. Proliferation of cameras is totally it. I mean, this movie released wide, the first Paranormal Activity released wide in 2009. That's right around the time that YouTube really started Candy to be something that YouTube everyone videos. knew about. Everyone, people were watching vlogs. People were interested in watching what other people do casually. And people were also filming each other casually. And so... I think um, it's so cool. Though. A lot of teens and and young people were seeing themselves in these movies, and it made it easier to get immersed in a horror movie. It was yeah. de- that was definitely the case for me. I loved found footage movies during this period, and I think that's part of why is just that sort of verisimilitude. I could I could place myself in the movie. I could see my friends and I being in this position, um, and I also uh, really like how found footage movies are um like nothing happens until something happens yeah i think that's really cool i think that's a really good it's, good observation like, it's a great oh no go ahead sorry you were talking about like v- like the verisimilitude of the film and i feel like one of the great things about found footage is, is like that sense of like documentary style like the the naturalism of it all um, and it really just like lends to like the authenticity of everything, like like what the characters are enduring. I mean, and like the way that it's filmed in a kind of like a slice of life way. Like you see, 
everything like you just see stuff that's so mundane that it adds to the verisimilitude like kids getting their pictures taken in front of the yard their house on like picture day and then going to school or you hear like a little like commentary about the tooth fairy uh, uh like with the girls like i'm losing my first tooth and so they're like filming it and then you just hear them talking about the tooth fairy off the side of the camera there's like all these mundane things that are interspliced with like mounting horror that that really lends itself to like the, the verisimilitude of the film how believable it is and um i think um also there's one of the great things i think about the paranormal activity films is in those early stages when they're kind of setting up the haunting there is uh you have reason to doubt your senses or your, or your uh, perspective like um was that lampshade moving when it came into the frame? There's, there's all like these small little breadcrumbs. I will say sprinkled throughout the while film. While I watched this movie, I rewound it twice. Same, just to be like. And was there something there? Yes. Yeah. Like, physically, put your face closer to the screen and be like. Also, there were points where we'll get into this, but like there were points where like I was in a like a c- computer chair. There were points where I like rolled away from the screen. <laughs> Like to be further back because I was like some shit's about to happen. It's definitely not without <laughs> jump scares, right? But, but that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I'm very glad you brought that up. So, jump scares I find in a traditionally structured movie, that's where the they feel cheap because it's an inorganic like. We're just doing this to startle you, and these movies are startling you. But there's something that feels a lot more grounded and organic about like. And obviously, like, these are constructed movies. They did it on purpose. But it feels so much more, more organic when, like, for example, with the a fan, a camera on a fan and it's moving, like, it moves back over and something's there that wasn't before. It's like, yeah, because the camera was looking somewhere else. And then now there's something there. And it's like, I just, like, having an actual justification for something that otherwise feels really flimsy is kind of nice. And I think that the found footage structure lends itself, or to somebody, like, suddenly running into frame... Because it's like, yeah, somebody's holding a camera and they round a corner and, like, somebody's just there and you're like, oh, fuck, like... Because that's an interaction that you have in real life. Someone's turning around and the little girl's right in his face, right? Yeah. Um, Which is both, like, corny a little bit, but also, like, that's happened to you. So you're at least like, okay, you know, fair enough. So I need to see more. I want to see more of these. Um, I am not turned off from them after this. Just to try to not give away my hand too crazy here. But, um... That was neat, and I uh, I was telling Liam, but I'm the thing I fear the most in horror movies is not uh, well executed slow building of tension. It's uh, I don't want to be jump scared to death. So the prospect of watching this movie terrified me because my expectation going in, having not seen them, was that I was going to get jump scared to death. So I'm willing to bet that like half of the tension that existed in my viewing was like built up in my own brain. <laughs> Regardless of whatever the movie was doing. Do jump scares tend to get you in non-found footage horror movies like uh, Insidious Chapter 3? Anything. Jump scares get me in video games it really bad. G- but- I can't even play horror games because if the jump scares come in and I'm too like in it, like I will... I'll like punch a hole in the screen. Like I'm like not down at all. Yeah. See, like, I but also it, I'm smiling. I so you can it, see that it's like it's fun, but it's like it's fun, but it's like I don't want it though. In but movies, like, they don't bother me that much, but in video games, I'm fucked. Like I was such a little coward when I was what's playing that game? What's, Resident Evil Seven. Right, but what's uh Amnesia? Yeah, the one yeah. that came out around this time. Yeah, that one's like a couple years later. Yeah, it was. I think it was earlier. 
Um, I don't think Amnesia was before 2011. It was. I think it's 2008. Okay, so, I mean, still the thing I said of around these movies, but all right, go off. I just think it was 2008. It was early, the late aughts. Um, 2010. Oh. Okay, well, it's still before. YouTube Let's Play Core. It's still before. I feel like I'm going to watch, like, Tobaskus or somebody play it. <laughs> Don't reference him. He's he's fucked up. Oh, true. Okay, you can bleep that out. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah, yeah. The difference between... This is two episodes in a row where we're just having, like, earnest conversations. Of, like, no no artifice of irony or pure bit fodder. Like, we're just talking normally. <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs> yeah. Found footage in video games is really interesting, too. I don't know if you've seen how Resident Evil 7 tackles Yeah, there's something that. cool about giving a player character a camera. Yeah. And being like, you can use it's it. It's just very cool because, like you play the found footage sequence and then you have to go back and usually go through the same area, but it's not the found footage sequence. Yeah. I don't know. It plays really interesting. Because well, it sets expectations in your head of like, if you see it in yeah. the found footage version, it's like ominous and fucked yeah. up. And then you're like, it's like if I walked into a house and it had the same layout as the paranormal activity house, I'd be like, fuck this house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd just be like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like you have mons. I'd be so down, bro. This movie in particular had um like the kids show kind of thing where like the kids room was just amazing and i wanted to live in it well, yeah that room first of all doesn't have a door <laughs> no it's just like a loft but yeah, they're but kids like, they don't need a door but like where are those girls gonna live in that house when they're like teenagers what if one of them That's does true. a cannonball off the what the if banister? one of them does a cannonball off the banister <laughs> it's a big old house i bet there was another bedroom elsewhere they would vacate the loft. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, the reason I asked that jump scare question to you, Corey, if like... Did I answer it if Yeah, you, they, you said that they if they scare you no matter what. Yeah. But I'm just wondering because while even, you were watching... anticipating it. While you were watching this movie, this is the first time in a while you've messaged me during a movie and been like, I am tense. Yeah. And like in our Ouija origin of evil discussion, I don't really remember you saying like that the movie scared you or anything. So I'm wondering how the jump scares in a movie like this differ from a regular I knew movie. this movie was full of jump scares, so I spent every second of the movie anticipating a jump scare. But you've got to know that like any of these ghost movies we've seen have no, jump scares. No, but like, like my Ouija. understanding of these movies is like they were built on jump scares. Like I was expecting a lot. Mm. And because they're so mundane, I and I hadn't seen one, I had no idea where they were going to go. And because I know that that's already something that, like, it gets me, I was, like, hyping myself up in my own head to be scared of it before it was even happening, anticipating it. The movie was also building anticipation, and then it would happen. I'd be like, fuck. Like, nice. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy, essentially, which I'm sure is what the producers want. Yeah, they're well-constructed in that like, way. I mean, even if you're just watching the first one when it came out, you're going to you're going to catch on to the format pretty quickly. Yeah, if I chilled out a little bit, I'm sure I would have got through the experience with a lot less outright tension, but I'm willing to bet I had more fun as a result. So, it's one of those trade-offs that I don't particularly mind. Um Do we want to do cast and crew stuff? Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh there's a update to this. So this movie doesn't have any music. So I've switched out music for a different credit. I don't even know if I realized that, but it makes sense. I'm flagging this now. I wrote down a lot of credits for this person. I have a very good reason for doing that, but we'll get there. Uh, this movie is directed by Henry Eust 
and Ariel Schulman uh, directed Nerve, Project Power, uh, Paranormal Activity 4, and something called Viral. A lot of Paranormal Activity movies are about to come up in these credits, by the way. Makes they sense. were they were keeping that relatively in house. Makes sense because they, they made a fortune, right? They also did the movie Catfish. Have you guys seen Catfish? I've heard of the it. The documentary. Oh wait, like the TV, the MTV show. Yes. I, well, it was a it was a documentary first. And oh, they, I didn't know that. Then is the documentary it. of the same tone as the MTV show, where it's like kind of a bit? I wouldn't say so. What is okay, the documentary no. about? I think I've seen it. The documentary is about um, these filmmakers. One of them has a brother. Um, who is now the host of the Catfish MTV show. Mm. And he is talking to a hot woman online and begins to suspect that she's not who she says she is. And so the documentary crew is basically following him around um, as, he's as, he's try- as he's trying to figure it out. Interesting. I feel on. like they make that so dramatic, but if anyone's ever been catfished, it's really not that. Is it a documentary? Yeah. Like a re- like It's not like a documentary structured... No, it's a it's a real documentary. Okay. I yeah. wish I thought of that at the time I got catfished. I could have made a fortune. And this was th- they invented the term catfish. Like that's what huh. the it's bef- what? so before that, you know, this would have been a novel yeah. concept. What um what is that term based on? They describe it in the movie about it's um let me see if I can get this right. They say that fishermen uh used to bring when they had cargo on board, there might be... Oh, gosh, I'm going to sound like such an asshole. There was, like, something... Maybe, like, birds or something would, like, try to try to swoop in and, like, steal their fucking fish. Okay. Or their cargo or something. Like something they needed. Something they needed. And then so fishermen would put a catfish in the cargo in order to... Uh, to throw... Like, distract the birds or, like, throw them off. Yes. Like, they think they're getting something good and they're getting a catfish. Yes. That's close enough to the real definition, yeah. I think. I think we got there. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you understand. This movie is written by a guy with some pretty interesting writing credits, I think. Christopher Landon. Um, Our boy. Our boy? He's gonna be. Yeah. We could talk about him a lot if we wanted to. Um, but Paranormal Activities 2, 4... The marked ones, which is five. Yeah. I'm just going to establish that because I'm going to switch to just numbers because I don't want to say the subtitles forever. But uh, marked ones is five. Next of kin is seven. Seven. He did not write the ghost dimension, but that is six. It's my least favorite, so um, I'll stand by him. Also, it, viral from the other directors. Hmm. Um, but interestingly, Disturbia. I love that movie. With our guy Shia LaBeouf. I love that movie. Uh, one of the few... 2000s rear window. Not the few. Yeah. One of the DVDs I remember us having in my house from like 10 to 18. Like we just had Disturbia on That's DVD. a sick DVD. Did you explore it? Yeah. It's got some great features, yeah. eh? The pop-up text. The other te- one oh. I remember that we had is the remake of 310 to Yuma. That like I just really vividly... like I could draw that cover. That was Russell Crowe. I think I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen um, that Also, but happy death day to you and Freaky. Two recent like horror comedy kind of fairly big hits. Yeah, he did um, the first Happy Death Day as well. We could do that on the pod. Happy Death Day to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also they credit this as being based on Paranormal Activity, like that's a credit, like which is I guess maybe Oren Pelly like wasn't involved. 
but he's involved in later ones. So I don't know why it's a based on credit and not like a producer credit. Because so obviously he did Paranormal Activity, but then he's a producer on Paranormal Activities for Marked Ones and Ghost Dimension, but not the last one. But also, like, maybe that means, like, he made his one they didn't want him to do a sequel, and then they eventually, like, won him over. Could be that. But also, Insidious, he's a producer on Insidious 2, 3, 4, and 5, and uh, The Lords of Salem. Nice. Which is Rob Zombie? Yeah. I think um, the Insidious movies are kind of the the, the same side of the coin, but they're, they're like the... The, the the first cousin to these movies, I think. Perhaps more sure. forgettably so, because I forgot that we watched one. <laughs> Just outright forgot that we watched one. And let me let me tell you this, uh, Oren Pelly. Yeah. I took note of him because uh, I thought he did such a unique thing making that first paranormal activity. Great movie. idea to have. Killer. Like if if yeah. he was the idea generator, like that's like a once in a lifetime good idea. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, shot it in his own house. Just. People so he, use their he real lives names. In the demon. He did, yeah. Um, and so when the Cloverfield paradox came out, which maybe we can do an episode on at some that's point. That's the space one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can do. Didn't that get released during the Super Bowl? Yes. <laughs> so maybe we can do a full episode on it because I've got stories to tell about I when that movie tell. came out. Uh, <laughs> but this little tidbit is, I um. When the movie started and it says written by Warren Pelly, uh, that's how I read it. And I was like, it's written by the paranormal activity dude. This movie is going to have something going on. Like it's going to have, it's going to have legs. It's going to have legs. It's going to have a clever idea. I knew that he hadn't really (laughs) done like much writing (laughs) since paranormal activity. I knew he was like a producer guy. So I was like, this is amazing. He's returned. Cloverfield paradox ends terrible and uh <laughs> and then i look it up and i realize that i have confused oren pelly with the writer of cloverfield paradox whose name is oren uziel totally different guy I, I, yeah but is Fairly oren close. spelled the same o-r-e-n yeah that's the same yeah close enough I'll, i would let that one slide it's an un- uncommon first yeah. name i think yeah well like i'm not it's not that i feel bad about confusing their names but you in build terms expectations of, yeah it's just yeah. i can't turn back the disappointment right. I, had. I would say you were an oren pelly guy enough that you made a paranormal activity movie yes so in when i was in the 10th grade which would have been about the year that this movie came out paranormal activity 3 we uh I was in drama class and... Oh, it was for class? Yeah. That's so sick. Yeah. And uh, the, the last year, the last uh, assignment of the year, we had to make a short film about whatever we wanted. Me and my friends, of course, decided to do a horror short film. We made it a spoof of Paranormal Activity. Um, the bedroom set was our gym stage yeah. that happened to have these big... Cushion mats, like the kind of thing that like a a pole vaulter would fall onto. Yeah, that was on the stage at the time, and so that's what we used as our bed. Um, we would shoot for about ten minutes every hour long class, and spend the rest of the time doing WWE <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because there was there was also these big giant wooden structures that were being used for whatever actual theater production was being put on the school that year. So we would climb up like 10 feet in the air, jump onto this um, pad. this pad and just have a blast. And I guess no other time is his story going to come up. So I'll tell it now. During that period, 
this is uh, some behind the scenes. Uh, this is for the commentary. Behind track. the scenes for the commentary <laughs> of my short film that I made 12 years ago for school. I witnessed what I thought was uh, someone dying for perhaps the first time in my life. What happened? So, oh my god. Jeez. Was we, it due to the wrestling? Yes. Oh my. Did yes. you think you killed him? Uh. I I wouldn't have there wouldn't have been literal blood on my hands but I would have felt partially to blame. Right. So wow. so every time our group was about 5 of us or so and and every day we would go shoot a little bit of this movie uh, sometimes in the high school bathroom but mostly in the high school gym and the teacher you know wouldn't check in on us at all they would just let us go shoot this movie uh the, you know sh- the teacher would have had like 6 groups of kids right. to wrangle throughout the whole time so maybe she came and checked in on us like once and luckily at that moment we weren't doing wwe so it was all good but um this day we were doing wwe a lot of wwe and um one of the kids noticed uh, a giant ladder <laughs> standing resting near the mat <laughs> and i'm not talking i'm not talking like, like a ladder that would yeah this was i guess because of the theater production that was happening a humongous ladder that went almost to the roof of, of a gym of a gym Holy so shit. it had to have been i don't know like what 30 feet <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, maybe twenty. Yeah, I'm thinking ma- like a Bugs Bunny, like but yeah, like maybe foot I'd say but maybe twenty feet's crazy. Yeah, fifteen to twenty feet. That's so big. And I think we were kind of jumping off like uh, halfway up, halfway and stuff. But one one kid, you know, you get in the you get in the heat of it. We're all having a blast. You're not thinking all that much. This dude climbs all the way to the very top of the ladder, stands on the top. Did he swan Tom bomb? <laughs> He does his Jeff Hardy, did he? his Jeff Hardy did he? taunt. In my memory, he did. Oh my god! Maybe I got this so could, excited. Maybe this could be disputed by someone else who was there, but I think he did the Jeff Hardy taunt. What else would you do if you get up to the top ladder and you're not doing that? You fucked up so bad. And we were all just standing there, and it's not even like anyone was lying on the mat. You know, was anyone egging him on, or was this just we're gonna? Watch no, we were just this. watching in awe. This guy's a maniac. Maybe, maybe uh, we're partially hoping that he doesn't do it, but some of us is probably wondering what's it gonna look like if he does yeah, do it. Yeah, it's that feeling where. Like, you see something that you know is not a great idea, but like part of you wants to know for sure what happens if you jump off a 20 sure. foot ladder. And so he he makes the jump. He does a full on front flip. I sh- well, I, I shouldn't I back. shouldn't say full on because uh, the issue was as he jumped off the ladder pushed backward because of the force of his feet. Meaning that he couldn't get as much forward momentum off the ladder as he needed to. And so he didn't have the he, distance. He didn't have the distance, so he he did this front flip, but pretty much plummeted straight down. <laughs> and there was a bit of a gap between oh, the ladder fuck. and the mat. And, and so that's where he landed. He landed on the hard floor, and because the ladder pushed back, he didn't complete the full flip. So he landed on his head. Holy shit! On the ground. Oh my, oh my god. god! And holy! F- I know why you thought he died. Yeah, I had four <laughs> oh seconds God. where I was thinking, "Our all, not only is his life our literally lives over, over, but our lives are also over." Terrible for me to be thinking that way, but that's, you know, that's how everybody reacts. <laughs> like, so um, yeah, I'm convinced that I'm convinced that he's dead, and 
in a couple seconds, like literally, he hits the ground, and within a couple seconds, he jumps back up to his feet. Yeah. I've got to think just because the adrenaline is going so hard. He, knows he hit the ground. Like. Oh yeah, and he knows all of us are watching too. Like he's probably embarrassed, so he jumps up, and we're all saying like, "Dude, are you all right? That is, that, that was <laughs> gnarly." <laughs> and he says he's fine. He's clearly like shaken up. Yeah, but he says he's okay. Did he go to a doctor? We we you're um, probably like concussed if you do for that, sure right? yeah we were like dude like you should at the very least like your school go see the school nurse yeah, yeah and and he says no I'm good next day at school he's not there day after that he's not there he doesn't show up to school for a week and due to like medical reasons or like sheer well, we don't know because we we're not actually f- really friends with this dude he was he's like just in he was an acquaintance but yeah he's Fuck. just in class with us i hope it was just he recu- shows up in a big neck brace or- <laughs> and when we see him finally a week later he shows up and we're <laughs> we're relieved because for the past week we're like yo what happened to Maybe this guy he did he drop dead <laughs> um and uh, when is it going to come back to us it's, you know, for, like for the whole week, it's like the telltale heart. We all have it beating around <laughs> us. And um, and he shows up and we say, dude, where have you been? And he says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, bro. I just uh, <laughs> I just didn't feel like eating. <laughs> so <laughs> He had a concussion. So sure. I so uh, I've, I had some issues and we're like, dude, did you get checked out? Is it is it from what happened? Are you all right? And he didn't really go into it any more than that. Wow. Um, and then whenever we would see him around school for the next, uh, I guess two years, we'd be like, Hey dude, it's, it's the Swanton bomb man, man. And he'd be like, fuck yeah, fuck bro. Yeah. <laughs> you have to own it at that point. That's so gnarly. dude. Yeah. And then, so that sort of just became a, a thing of legend over the next two years. <laughs> did that get around? Or did you definitely? Pretty, oh, yeah. definitely oh, yeah. got around. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen Yo, Derek jumped and onto the gym floor from 20 feet. <laughs> and the reason I have sort of a tough time telling the story now is because I told it so much as I was a, when I was a kid, and I needlessly embellished it in order to make fun of my friends. Like while all my friends would be around, the friends who witnessed it happen, I would I would implicate them and be like, and then this dude fucking pushed the guy off the ladder, right, yeah. <laughs> and so I. I I've I've uh, dramatized the story so much uh, that it's tough to remember what actually happened, but I I believe that's it. I believe that's wow. it. Wow. Backyard wrestling and it's ilk so dangerous. I'm sure I've told you Absolutely. this. Absolutely. But um, we had a friend who had a trampoline with exposed springs. First of all, oh that yeah. Idea. But um, put up turnbuckles and had ropes. Oh, how do you do that? Like just wood. It's like wood and pads and like, but also like the problem is once you have a literal ring that also has a bouncy floor and people start bringing chairs and ladders and shit to your house, it gets like, I actually left at one point because like I was like getting someone's going to get hurt, but also, but like I would love to say it was for as noble a reason as that. But the real reason was I was getting egged up to do something dangerous and like we hit my limit mm. and I'm like, I won't, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm like, I just fucking can't. And, like, it got into a point where, like, <laughs> you fucking Carl Havoc did? Yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> There's so much shit on me. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Yeah, they had me in a full rubber suit. And, and was, they wanted you to go prank some people at a well, mall. Well, they drove me all the way to the mall. It's in the other town over. And they're like, you just have to go in and just, like, <laughs> take some people's stuff. Just I don't want to do it. But, um, uh, 
No, we got into, like, a shouting match in his driveway, and his dad, like, came out. My mom had to come get me, and we were, it was like, we're not Damn. doing this. But, like... You guys cut a sick promo. We <laughs> had, like, intro music that people played, and, yeah. like... What did uh, you have? Oh, I don't... I wish I remember, but I don't... I wasn't, like... Face had, down. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that would be so gas. But, um, I, uh, I wasn't as, like, embedded in the, in the scene as some of the other guys were, but, um... Also, at that same friend's house, just similar, the reason I thought of that was not just because he had a backyard wrestling setup, but um, I jumped off of his shed for a YouTube video and just, like, hit the ground. Does <laughs> this video exist? Yeah. It's still up? Could, yeah. Can you pull it up it right now? It should be. I'd, uh, did I upload it or did he? I'll try to find it. Okay. Because what we did is we did a YouTube video, we did a bunch of stuff, and then played the footage backwards. So I had to try to land in a way that looked like I was standing. Yes. So I'm it looked like I went up onto the shed. Me Please and my friends did a short it. film but, um, using that technique, uh, too. But I don't know if you've ever... The shed was, like... Again, like, it was, like, 12, 13 feet. And you had to do it backwards. Yeah, I started on the ground and I jumped straight up. No, no, but uh, like you jumped off backwards. No, with I your was back facing to the ground. It. it was to look. No, like I didn't do that. Oh, I probably okay. should have. But um, no, but I tried to land so as I hit the ground, I could like stand back up like relatively cleanly, so it wasn't like a weird visual effect. And um, I just landed like completely flat-footed, and my knees came out. <laughs> and I like, and I, like you, you like see me fall forward like a little bit. And in they the use video. the take. Yeah, they're like, oh, "Are you gonna do, it, do again? it again?" <laughs> do they try to get you to do it again? Yes. And I was like, "I'm not doing that, man." Like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Dude. I didn't break shit. I didn't do this shit. I didn't fucking do this. <laughs> All things considered, we got off pretty lucky, dude. Oh, yeah. Bro. Like, oh, there's so God, many I, gnarly I I videos of people. I want to see the vid. Snapping Look, their I, knees. I'm not even necessarily going to find it, like, tonight. Wow. Like, it is not, like... You know exactly where it is. I don't. It's on a YouTube channel of his that I don't know if it's still up. But, like, if it's there, it's there. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't know. Um, But... Your story is incredible. That's such a good story. Thanks, dude. Um, I'm trying to. It made me try to wonder. I'm like, have I ever seen somebody almost die? I don't think so. Sounds like you were the one almost dying. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, we shot the rest of the video that day. Like, it wasn't like I can't have been that. Couldn't have been that bad. Dude, you. Oh, do you remember that video I showed you of the dude in in the backyard wrestling ring? Not even a trampoline, a proper ring. And he jumps off a turnbuckle backward while doing his entrance music, and his knees just snap, and he folds backwards in like the most it's surreal funny, way. It's like oh my gosh! <laughs> I'll show this to you, Mitch. It's Mitch, one of the most that. insane thing. Talk about jump scares! Holy fuck! The first time I watched just, that, it's like a body, oh. like it's like the de death scene in the remake of Suspiria. It where is. The body just starts bending in ways it's not supposed my, to. My, God. my friend and I used to fill his his trampoline with leaves that would fall like onto the ground, and, and fall. Yeah. And we would just like we would fill them with as many dried leaves as we could, and then we would just like jump on the trampoline with the leaves, and they would go flying everywhere, and we would just like brawl on the trampoline, but the leaves would be like flying everywhere. It was sick. That would be that is sick. That's yeah. like fight scene stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Although we I, we referred to the leaves as rich because we would also do like the the Donald Duck or the the Scrooge McDuck thing where you like pretend it's money, right? And, like, <laughs> jump into it dude it so great. many so many memories attached to trampolines yeah. i hope kids still use trampolines they must they're dangerous but 
They are dangerous. I mean, everything's dangerous. This movie is edited by Gregory Plotkin, which is an apt name for a guy to have. That is a good <laughs> movie-making I name. I plot things. Um, Paranormal Activities 2, 3, 4, The Marked Ones, uh, and Ghost Dimension. Uh, Happy Death Day 1, uh, Hellfest. Oh, that's a cool movie. Which he also directed. Wow. That... That's a slasher movie that somehow got released wide in, like, I think it was 2019 or something. Really cool that 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 movie came out. Uh, Also, he edited Game Night. The comedy? Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. That movie's so funny. And Get Out. Wow. That's another great movie. Dude, Game Night's so good. It is so funny, dude. Oh, my God. He died. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The cop neighbor. With his Tostitos. Yeah, it's just really good. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, the cinematography is by Magdalena Gorka. Um, Doom Patrol, Star Trek New World, Strange New Worlds, Viral, but also second unit DP on the Fablemans. So you have to play number two to fucking S- Steven Spielberg's boys. That's sick. Which is pretty fucking sick, actually. That's pretty great. Way to put that camera on that fan. <laughs> Uh, genuinely though, because that's such a good idea. Um, the casting director, instead of music, I want what's this movie's based on? It's based on people. Let's talk about the casting director. We never really talk about that, dude. The one time you did bring up casting director, it was awesome. Yeah, I don't. What movie was that? Uh, Maybe Brady. No. Um, but it was the casting director was named Allison Jones. Yeah, you, you taught me about this woman. Yes. Ever since, I see her name so much, and whenever I see her, it is a sick cast. Prolific. So she's the one who uh, who has probably stuck out to me most out of all these cast and crew yeah. sessions. So, so I didn't write these in order, but I'm just going to read it. Is that okay? Casting director, Terry Taylor. I'm going to start looking for you, Terry. Okay. And uh, it starts, and it might not be as obvious, and then like it's going to get into some interesting stuff. So 13 going on 30. Great film. The 2005 War of the Worlds. Okay. Step Up to the Streets. Paranormal Activities 2, 3, 4, and The Ghost Dimension. Both the short film and feature film version of Whiplash. It makes sense. Blumhouse. Um, Is Whiplash a Blumhouse movie? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, The Purge, Anarchy. Gem and the Holograms. Which is just crazy. Ouija, Origin of Evil. Get Out. Happy Death Day. Upgrade. Insidious, The Last Key. Amityville, The Awakening. Crazy Rich Asians. Halloween. Halloween Kills. Halloween Ends. Black Christmas 2019. A lot of Blumhouse stuff. The Invisible Man. Great film. The Craft Legacy. That's good, but we still talked about it. Yep. Um, The Black Phone. Megan. Yeah. I've not seen The Black Phone, but it's one that I'm meaning to watch. It's like... Oh, and the latest Insidious as well. Like I said, I didn't write them in order, so I might have missed a couple. But like, it's this weird mix of a, a lot of podcast stuff. A wide range of quality within that podcast stuff. Because like, Invisible Man's, again, like one of the greatest movies we've seen on the show. And also, like, Gem and the Holograms, one of the worst movies we've done on the show. Um, but, but, stuff I mean, Halloween kills. probably a good cast. Hall- I mean... It's got Kesha. <laughs> It does have Kesha. She got Kesha. Um, and it's got um, Juliette Lewis. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they the girl, should, maybe girl maybe who played Jam? should have got a lead with more Spotify monthly listeners. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> like me. <laughs> I think you would have done a pretty good job. You have the hair. Um, But I just thought that was a really cool list. And I left a bunch of shit off. And I'm sure I missed stuff. But like. That is cool. Just a really interesting like. How, like, how do you learn that you're good at casting a movie? Like, how is that? I got a good, a, got a good judge of like, faces. You just, I guess you just have like good hunches. Like, that's your whole job. Is like, mm. I have good hunches. It's crazy. It's yeah, really I, interesting. I would, I would love to read more about casting directors. I process. feel like it's a very deeply unsung element of how a movie gets put together. Because sometimes you see a movie and it's just like, wow, like. Each, the, the, like the each and just every insane. single part, like even the like the the smaller parts, like, like are just perfect. Like they fit the roles like a glove. How can this be? Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I do really think that like so many movies where it feels like every part was like considered very thoroughly goes such a long way, and it feels like we never talk about the people that play such like a huge primary role in making sure that that happens like who the who the fuck cast did the casting for oppenheimer i knew that was going to come up and i was trying to not mention it but like at the same time i think i think oppenheimer's casting director got lucky in everybody wants to do a christopher nolan movie true so it probably wasn't that hard to yeah get a lot i feel of like that people. that wouldn't really take much work yeah I, i'm i would be more impressed by like i think a the roderick example. is a sick pull sorry Corey, but roderick yeah. roderick is a based pull but <laughs> yeah. i would say casting a movie like whiplash well, it's like, obviously, like, it's not like Miles Teller was nobody, but it's, like, J.K. Simmons, pretty out there pick, but, like, you got the guy. For sure. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas, it's like, you went and got, like, it's not like he was known for doing shit like that, but it's, like, you went and you got that guy, and it was exactly what you needed. Yeah. And, like, those, like, very finely tuned, like, and I'm sure, like, you know, fucking Damien Chazelle and whoever else, like, had roles in that, but, like having the sense of even having that person like on your radar is just like really good stuff. Totally. Uh, I think Ouija origin of evil is a pretty good example too. Just of like recent stuff that we've talked about. Great. Ca- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Cast That's all like that very movie. considered. Um, I wrote step up to the streets twice. I'm noticing, which is pretty funny. Also get out is like an impeccably cast movie. Yep. Um, crazy rich Asians. I haven't seen that, but I'm sure it's good. And actually, I know Mitch is going to laugh, whatever. Uh, that Black Christmas cast is good. Yeah. Mitch kind of scowled and shrugged. God. For uh, you can we rig the genre and put like 300 Black Christmas 2019s on it? <laughs> can we do it four weeks in a row this December? I will literally <laughs> use my sometimes clause and get out. I'll use the Santa clause and fucking bring you back in. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, my Shit. The Santa Claus for Black Christmas. <laughs> you big red bastard. You motherfucker. I'll kill you, brother. We used to talk about Tim <laughs> Allen on this podcast a lot more. Tim Allen came up frequently. Whatever happened to our good personal friend, Tim Allen? <laughs> Never done anything wrong. <laughs> no one's got a bad word to say about that guy. He's got bad words to say about other, other people. But like, that's his job. You know, like that's comedy, baby. <laughs> he, he's riffing. Um... Uh, relatively short cast. Um, we've got Christopher. They looked about average height. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. Um, 
uh, Christopher Nicholas Smith as Dennis. Um, he's in something called Wild Bitch, uh, which I just think is crazy. Dang. Also did a stint on the newsroom. Um, Lauren Bittner plays Julie. She was on something called Bride Wars. Uh, Chloe Cerny plays young Katie. Uh, she was on Modern Family in Chicago Med at points. Uh, was more recently on, uh, I think it's a Mindy Kaling show, The Sex Lives of College Girls. I think it's Mindy Kaling, but she was on that. Um, so she's a college girl now? I guess she would be. I yeah. guess she's like out her age. Yeah, if she was like <laughs> maybe a bit she's younger. She's like a little younger than us. Yeah. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. We're like 26. So, yeah, she's like probably in her mid-20s. Wow. Yeah. Maybe early, but like, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, Adult Katie is played by Katie Featherston, who I've learned is in several other Paranormal Activity movies. Yeah, so she's she's the main one from like the first movie. And she's also, she's in one, two, three, four, and the marked ones. Yeah, that's what I was saying last week when you said, should I watch the, watch other the others? There's kind of a Had we a not thread. gotten the prequel, I think I would have at least tried. Mm. But I think getting the prequel helped me just be like, I can just watch this one. And at least it's like the chronological beginning. Right. And I can kind of justify it that way because I did not go watch them. Right. But I think it kind of worked out of my hands for once. Um. Jessica Tyler Brown plays young Christy, who is also in The Marked Ones and also Ghost Dimension, interestingly. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, but that's like most of all she's done. She was great. Yeah, adult. She, I think she's... Uh, Christy's the younger one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she does a great uh, job. Is Christy the younger one or is it... I think Christy's the younger one. Yeah, look it up. Pull that up, Jamie. Um, Sprog Graydon plays adult Christy. Fascinating name. Um, she was on 24 Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Dustin Ingram plays Randy. He's getting around. Do you guys know? You guys know he was in Sky High. <laughs> I totally forgot about that movie until right now. Did Sky High? Yeah, Sky High. We had that shit on DVD. You know. Great I feel film. like that one has come up in the podcast. It many absolutely times. has. Why do you laugh so hard? It's just such a weird pull. It's just it, just because it's a specter on the podcast, I believe. Yeah. Tim Allen in that one? I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, but also... You were uh, right. Katie's the younger. I was thinking of... Or uh, Christy's the younger one. I was yeah. thinking of Katie. He was also on the reboot of National Treasure on Disney+. Plus. It was like a TV series oh, for like a season. Didn't know that. Uh, also, the Watchmen TV show. He was on that for like half the season that it was on. Yeah, I've been wanting to check that out. Yeah. Podcast material, perhaps. Hallie Foote plays Grandma Lois. Uh, she was in Chud. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And on one episode of Miami Vice. Like I feel like a, lo- a lot of Vice. people were just in one episode of that I show. have to... When I make these credits lists, I try to not pull TV credits where they only did an episode because it fills up too fast. Um, Joanna Bradley... Joanna Brady, sorry, plays Lisa... She had a fun list. Uh, Quantico. Uh, the Freddie Wong YouTube series, Video Game High School. <laughs> um, Easy A. Chicago Med, again. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Not the M. Night Shyamalan movie, like a voice for the cartoon. And also the English dub of the Miyazaki movie, Ponyo. Which is just a fun sort of mix of stuff. So, this movie is about... 
two people finding a box of old VHS tapes in their house. I think we've done this movie on the podcast before. And then we watch the tapes. Like, the premise, all the premise that we get as, like, why the tapes are there is, like, they've, I don't know if they've moved into a new place or they're just, like, setting up the nursery for, like, a new kid. It's one of those two things. They find a box. Sister comes over. So, we've got the two adult sisters. They go through the tapes. They're like, oh, what's the deal with these tapes? What's up with the tapes? And then we start seeing the tapes. And so, the thing is, is, the frame narrative really isn't that important. The frame narrative is basically just to start, give us the chance to time travel with the same characters. It, but it doesn't. They don't pay off anything with the frame narrative in the end. I, I think what ultimately pays it off is you bring that knowledge into thinking about the first two movies and seeing the fourth one. Yeah. <clears throat> right, because this is a prequel to the second. Yeah. So if you and watch the, the same, second like, afterward, people. so yeah. you could like bring that back. So I guess they they felt like that material already existed, I guess. But essentially what we get from there is um like the dawn of pre-normal prehistoric activity. The dawn of paranormal. Imagine, dude, they're <laughs> sleeping in a bed and a dinosaur comes to the room, <laughs> but it's like invisible and wearing a sheet. <laughs> But, um, so, uh, they're like little kids and there's their mom and Dennis and they like just live in a house and he like shoots weddings, which is a great reason for him to have a camera and tapes and an editing suite. Yeah. That's one of the better justifications I've ever seen for having a camera on all the time. I'm a wedding photographer. I, I shoot weddings. And, um, this is literally driven of, they start hearing things go bump in the night get suspicious and he's like i'm gonna set up a camera to see if we because this is a new house and it shouldn't be making weird noises and then from there it just spirals and like stuff is happening and dennis is catching it on film and it's starting to impact the kids and the mom is skeptical in part because dennis is just a bad communicator and um it sort of just spirals from there like that's all the frame narrative you really get is just this family living and then paranormal activities (laughs) occur it's kind of all you need yeah, it's a pretty simple movie, and I think um, Corey can talk about this more, but I think if you, if you, anyone listening hasn't seen any of these movies, you can totally start with this one. Uh, yeah, you'll be completely fine. There's, like, the opening, like, two minutes, you might just be like, why do I care that these people have tapes? But then, like, once the story is actually being told, it kind of doesn't matter whether you care or not because you're invested in the thing that's happening to you. So, like, I didn't think it mattered. I, I felt fine. I wasn't confused. Um, and I don't think it matters to know that it seems to be happening to them still as adults. Like that's kind of an irrel- it's kind of a moot point. Like Mitch said, it's like because they don't tie it up. It's just sort of like okay, we saw demon stuff. Yeah, um, I don't think it really matters if you see the second film before this or not. No, I mean I'm sure you can bring stuff to it if you yeah. want to watch it like afterwards. But I thought it was fine. Are these tapes even mentioned in the second film? Well, they just found him, so probably not. I guess not. Yeah, I don't think but, so. But like, does it mention anything with their with their past? Uh, Actually, I don't remember. Like they, like they say in this movie that they don't even remember the tapes. Yeah. So okay. it's maybe a bit of a demon amnesia situation, where they've been demoned. Right. And they don't want they don't want them to recall the the, the Dennis archive, um, that they kept. Eh, who cares? They have the tapes. Um. Who wants to go first? I'll kind of just throw it out there. Do you want me to go first? How do we feel with this one? I'm interested to hear what you... Because you, you're you a dark horse when it comes to found footage movies. 
I wouldn't say that. I'm a dark horse when it comes to paranormal activity movies, maybe. Sure. But like people have heard me talk about found footage before. Most of the found footage we've watched on this show is bad, and I don't like it. Um, I'll say that. Um, most is not all, though. Because uh, I had a, I had a fucking a hoot. I had a blast. That's great. I had a great time. Uh, I spent the whole time, like, like terrified and also laughing and like amping myself up. It was like this self fulfilling cycle of just like knowing that jump stairs were coming, anticipating those, making myself scared, laughing that I was making myself scared, and then just like having a time. That's I watched nice. it completely, dude. This is real. I watched this movie completely in the dark in my room with the door closed and then I wanted to get up and go get a drink and I opened the door and all of the lights in the house were off and I couldn't see anything and I literally audibly went fuck that and I turned a light on like I was like dude <laughs> Corey you got you got properly horror movie but like you're having the but like, I was having fun and I was also like ah, I'm gonna turn a light yeah. on like you know what I mean but I was just like That's yeah awesome. man you had the 13 year old viewing experience just 13 years later 13 years late 13 reasons why um but uh yeah, I don't know. Like, it's really fun, and uh, I feel like it doesn't waste a lot of your time. Like, all of the in-between scare stuff feels relatively effective, and none of the characters feel, like, really, like, neither dull nor, like, stupid purely for plot benefit. Like, it's maybe slightly outlandish that you'd set up cameras in your house, but, like, I think it only looks that way because the cameras would be big at the well, time. He does it out of, like, a... It's, like, responsible home ownership. It's, like, I think our pipes are broken. Not only that, because like, once... Well, there's kind of, like, the, the whole, like, isthmus of, of, of all this stuff is, is when they're, they're having sex, and then there's the earthquake, and the camera falls over, and dust from the ceiling... Falls on a guy. On a well, the outline of on a something, demon. right? And which so is such a good. It's a good bit. That's such a good hook. And I think like in, like in it, every it being benign, and then being like it does. I'm sorry for go ahead. jumping in, but it does the same thing that the movie does to us when you like want to pause it and go back. Where it's like, did you see that? Like, because all he does is he goes, did you, did you not see that? And of course, you see it when you when yeah. you watch the film. Yeah, and she's of. like, and she's like, what? And he's like, the dust, like. Didn't you see that? Like, yeah. I think the fact that the movie's justification for its character's behavior is the justification for how its audience may behave is smart. It's it's doing that like Antonioni like blowout kind of thing where it's the highest praise well, I'm sure this movie's ever gotten. Maybe it's, it's doing the Antonioni thing. No, but like <laughs> it, it's the thing where where it makes you question your your senses and your observation. Um, and it does that a lot. And I think in the earlier stages when you're yeah. not, you're not sure what's going on and there's a, like those breadcrumbs I was talking yeah, about, I, the swaying lampshade. I will say I'll, I'll jump to the end. I think the end of this movie is like dumb as shit. I don't really get it. I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. Um, okay. I, I just think I, what it, I'm, I'm of two minds about it. I think changing locations is really, 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 really smart. Because you spend the whole movie learning the geography of the house and learning how the characters move within it and how the people behave within it and you get used to it. Like you understand even if all the shit's going to fall from the ceiling, you know that that camera is going to go like kitchen, doorway, kitchen, doorway. And then we're going to cut to the bedroom and we're going to cut to upstairs and we're going to cut back. Like you know what's happening. And mm -hmm. then so I think – for your climax to be like you are now in a completely unfamiliar space 
but we're doing this such a good idea. Incredible idea. Um, I just think the witch, the witch element of it, I just, it feels like kind of nonsensical to me. I'm just like, I don't really get, like, I think it's way more interesting if this is just, just one, like one demon is happening and there's not like these exterior forces alongside it. I don't know. I didn't love it. I was a little perplexed by it. I did like that they fully snapped that man in half. That was pretty sick. But um, he got backyard wrestling. He got backyard wrestling big time. He got backyard suspirian. Um, but I think that aside from the fact that I was like sort of gassing up my own fun, which is just a valid way to enjoy a movie. Like that's just it. Was, I just had a good time. But I think um, it's. It's fairly well written in that it doesn't stumble over its own feet, like, sounding stupid about its own premise. Like, people get more and more invested, but you can at least be like, yeah, I understand why. Mm. And I feel as though the performances are quite good. I think the kids are great, which helps a lot. Uh, if these girls were bad performers, uh, this would be pretty tough to sit through it. That's Terry coming through with That's the cast. Terry coming through again. She's two for two, at least. Um mm. But uh, I and I also think the biggest credit I want to give the movie is feeling earnestly creative within a space that now feels like completely bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how you make a compelling seeming found footage movie in 2023 anymore because it's it's all been done. But again, it's the I texted Liam about it for a reason when I was like. Oh, they're putting the camera on a fucking fan. I'm like, they've adapted. They're going to have oscillating cameras. I'm like, fuck. That's such a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it feels like, and I, I'm assuming this, but it just feels like a natural progression of how do we escalate the paranormal activity premise. And I know this is my first one, but this one feels like, like the platonic ideal. Like this feels like it's got all the things I would want a movie like that to hit. Like I don't feel like it's missed anything. I'm not saying it's like a perfect movie. I'm not here to give it a 10 out of 10 or whatever. But I had a great time. I think I think it's it's technically adept. I think the performances are all good. And I was down. Like I have no notes. I had a good time. It sounds right. like you maybe just want a different ending. Yeah. I, I mean, but I don't know what that would be. Like I guess it would just be. I think the introduction of like a whole group of people. And, like, this whole thing that is, like, going wholly unexplained, as Mitch saying, I'm just sort of like, okay. Yeah. But, like, to what to what end, I suppose? But I'm like, that's what the other three movies are for, maybe. I would love to hear what you think of some of the other movies, because some of them have pretty striking endings. Yeah. I'd, I would be curious to see how this ending plays, if it's still the same thing, like, they go to Grandma's and he gets snapped in half by a demon, but, like, there's not a coven, but just, like, mm. that just followed them but- there, because it's, like, spiteful and mean. <laughs> Like right. instead of those kids are being indoctrinated into a coven, well they'll well they'll forget that this happened and then find the tapes later, I guess. But you don't even really know that. There's so much ambiguity about it, right? Where it's like you, I'm assuming, but right. Like, but also, I, mean, that's, that's I don't like, think that that's a that's right. an unfair assumption to yeah, make. But, all, but I mean, like for them saying they didn't even know what was on those tapes makes me think that it's some sort of like amnesia situation because that would also explain why if in the first movie it's surprising that they're being mond again because it's like well this happened to you once but i digress um i think the biggest thing i want to give the movie credit for is like 
especially when I know that I'm susceptible to jump scares and I was anticipating them and building them up in my own head that they still felt like clever. Uh, Mm -hmm. One in particular I'd like to give credit to because it it lets you see it coming for like a whole two minutes and then it's still pretty good is it's again with the oscillating camera, which again, I just think is, I just think is genius. I don't know how other movies didn't more movies need to oscillate. I, but I just think like in a movie that's this patient, it's really effective because again, when it's cutting between like static shot, Static shot of a room with a conveniently half-open door so you can look through it for stuff. And then a uh, loft bedroom with no door so you have the staircase. And then the noisy part is always out of frame because of where the camera has to be placed. So two very smart pieces of geography on its own. And then the only other space goes from being static to moving. Like, it adds an element to itself that doesn't exist in the rest of it. So it's got baked-in, like, cinematic uh, pull on its own and they're really smart with how they use it whether it's like when she goes down to eat that cereal and first of all why n- never reach halfway arm into a garbage disposal i was like is that gonna mangle her arm i didn't know i didn't know how gross this movie wanted to get but the shot where like she walks back in and everything is just gone there's nothing in the room and it all falls and it all just fucking like do i was hollering like i was having such a good time i was like holy shit they're fucking throwing shit everywhere but the one that i like the most is um there's that light above their front door and like you see it and then the camera goes and it comes back and i was like is the light like brighter it's like a little brighter and the camera pans goes back and the light's like a lot brighter you're like the light's definitely brighter and then it pans again he goes back and you're like it's like going to explode and then, like, it pans back, and you know it's going to happen, but you're still, like, it's built it up so well that you're just like, when's it going to go? And then it it crashes to the floor, and you're just like... My <laughs> stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> it's just really effective. And then, um... I like the way that they sell the impact that it's having on people. In particular, I think the babysitter is the best example. Um, because it obviously it escalates for like Dennis because he's becoming like enraptured by it. Dennis's assistant, I think, is really excellent too. Randy. Randy, Big yeah. Big Rand dog. Yeah. Dude, the Randy and Katie Bloody Mary scene. That's crazy. So good. Absolutely fucking wild. But I really like when Lisa, the babysitter, comes over. Because again, it starts very benign. And then once things start happening... Again, a lot, first of all, a lot of it's off screen. Like she's seeing something in that like uh, storage area, like hangout den that we can't see. But again, so a just seeing reaction and withholding from the audience, very smart. But there's something so well communicated about the fact that like she's just waiting for them. Like that happened, and then it stopped happening, and she's like. I just want to leave and is like waiting to go home. And she's like, I just like, Oh, sorry. My mom's waiting. I got to leave. And just doesn't want to talk. And then them just being like, did she seem like weird? They're just like, yeah, that was weird. And then that's it. That's it. They don't go. Oh, she's been like demoned. Like that's not, that's not where anybody's at. Like nobody is jumping to rash conclusions. But I think the fact that as we've talked about where it's just this whole like slice of life, 
very casually approached like stuff documentary style so again like because like she could be in a mood for a variety of reasons maybe like maybe she's like behind on schoolwork maybe she got in an argument with somebody uh, with like a friend or something like maybe she just didn't want to be there maybe she got demoned but like i think that the fact that it actually goes to relative lengths to be like fairly subtle mm-hmm. which surprised me i was building it up in my head expecting it to be a lot more like constantly banging you over the head with like 800 jump scares a second which it kind of doesn't do but um this film does show like a lot of restraint i think yeah, in, and in I a think lot the, of places the way it escalates is smart like by the time mm-hmm. christy is like walking along the railing of the stairs and like jumping off and shit you're just like what the fuck i didn't know the movie was gonna do that like mm-hmm. you're just like it it takes itself at a reasonable enough pace that like it's it's tricks win you over I think it's great. I'm going to stop talking now because I feel like I just talked for a long time. But So, Mitch, should we tell Corey that this movie actually sucks now? Or? Look, if you think that, you're entitled. But I don't think that. So, do, you want me to, do you want me to go? Yeah. And I'll go. And then I'll tell you that the movie yeah, actually I, sucks. No, I really like this movie. I remember liking it when I saw it in theaters years ago. I remember being like a kind of a shitty teenager when we went to see it because there was just like a bunch of us you used to be a huge piece of shit yeah i used to be a huge piece of shit <laughs> uh, now this baby's gonna tell me i'm not um i need the baby to know that people can change i, I really want to echo like every, they can change <laughs> kind of everything that Corey said um they're like i'm i'm with you on the the performances everything the one thing that where i think our opinions maybe differ a bit is that i'm actually i think more down with the ending um you like it more yeah, I, I think it works. Um, like I, I and I, I do think that like uh, a film that doesn't have this kind of discipline would feel the need to overwrite the cult, right? I feel like a lesser movie would be like all we get is like an offhand remark about demon worship in the 1930s, and a, a, a right a common logo, right? Like it's a pretty simple seed, and once everything starts happening with the old people and the twist. I think that it is like a pretty satisfying payoff in like this space that is suddenly alien. Um, Such a good idea to do I, that. It's so good, and I think I think one of the great things about this film is the sense of space and how spaces that you assume are safe become unsafe like gradually it's like a gradual thing of space being taken over we always know that there's something wrong with that crawl space right right but the rest of the house for a lot of the film feels safe it's just normal it feels safe at daytime for the most part eventually that's not the case right paranormal activity movies they always have like this day night cycle and the sense of safe spaces and unsafe spaces and eventually both those things, the time and the place, is just thrown out the window. And I think that this film does that really well with this gradual building that's that's um, really satisfying. And so for me, like the ending works because it's, it's ambiguous storytelling the same way we see it represented throughout the rest of the movie in different ways. Um, I love the creepy kid aspect of this film with how that mounts with the action, just like talking to an imaginary friend. You're going to sit on him at a tea party. Be careful. What is he saying? This, this all like these, again, breadcrumbs of a, of a dangerous relationship kind of blooming there. Something that is, that is sinister that the parents are quick to brush off. 
Um, but it's not. I mean, it, it's something that you've probably seen before, but it's done really well here. And um, I think it's done in part because there is this there's like this documentary authenticity of just observing these events and and small remarks that are just sort of thrown away by the kid or you see the kid talking to herself at a birthday party right um stuff like that just oh that's what she's doing under the fucking trampoline yeah i just thought she was just sitting there being antisocial. i don't know right it's there's just there's all these little details that are i thought she just had too much shit on it that are that are great (laughs) and um so it all it all goes to really interesting places and subtle places that i think are really rewarding um and again i think also like i think it mounts really well and tastefully but then the payoff is excellent too because you're using some like economic stunts but things that i think that are really efficient like for example like the hair pulling stunt dude Um, that one is so so shocking and so good (laughs) and also um what I just love how hyped you are on this. Dude, movie. that was it's awesome. awesome I, guess, I didn't, I, I didn't know what the movie was gonna do or where yeah. it was gonna go. So like, it's so sudden. It's so sudden, like, and and all the framing is so simple, but it works so well. Like it I think, makes it I think feel more violent, a, a very violent and very authentic. Like I think that also the, for example, the the blocking in the which it seems almost like accidental blocking but it's not in the scene where christy gets pulled out of the bedroom and katie is lying in the no it's katie who gets pulled out of the bedroom and christy is sitting in the bed just helplessly being like i'm not doing anything i didn't do anything she's just like but she's just watching as her sister gets dragged away and then finally she goes and and throws the bed across the finally she goes and bargains with it and gets it back and you wonder what kind of a bargain she made off screen yeah and because she says i will do it i will and she had, all, she had previously said, like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. So we got to assume it was, like... Uh, so he's, like, he's bargaining with it. your and, parents or something, and, uh, like... Also, uh, the scene where uh, she just leaps off the the, the banister. So sudden. It, it's so such subtle economic framing, but these, these things working together just have, like, this tremendous effect. And... Um, so yeah, I I really like this movie. Yeah. And I the think effects I, are really good. I, yeah, of. they are really excellent. Like, the back snapping thing, I think, is great. I yeah. think... It just like it, I swear they taped a bunch of shit to a scene yeah. like it just dropped it like yeah I even think like I don't know if you'd call it an effect but like the whole bonfire uh, coven stuff I'd say is, it's an effect it's, it's, it's good it's like a great and again great when, flame, when it ends up throwing flame, Katie's shocking. bed af- across the room it like I'm sure I, I, mm-hmm. I imagine it was easier to literally just have something that could pull it and like it looks like like perfect like it just looks like they a real bed I'm sure it was a real bed but like it just it's so effortlessly done yeah. i don't i don't know if i hold this film in the same pantheon as like the really great found footage films that i like but i think that this is a really effective good found footage movie. like i think my favorite some of my favorites are like lake mongo uh creep T- talk about a movie where they replay footage yeah eh? where they're like where I you're think replaying I saw something. yeah lake mongo or uh, creep one and two which i think is less of that but i i, I like it more for like the personal relationships within the film and uh, also like wreck, but I think that like this film is uh, quite good. So it's a it's a thumbs up from me for sure. I definitely have more thoughts, but I'd love to hear what you think. I'm glad I didn't just purely gas myself up because I, I that's how I felt where I was not that I thought it was bad secretly, yeah. but it's like I can tell I can tell it was good. Yeah, but like I was also just oh. like having a time. Just one more thing. It. One more thing. I remember when I, we because I saw this with my sisters in theaters and a bunch of our friends. In, in 2011 and I can remember uh, like Devin and P- Devin Page and I joking about 
an entity named Toby in our house. And I, our, we lived in like a house that wasn't like super old. It was like built in the, built in the eighties, like around the same period. But, um, I just remember our house creaked and we'd always just like joke about it being the Toby. Toby. Creaks. Yeah. You did so, have a pretty open living room in there too. So it has, yeah, it has but, Toby vibes, but my parents didn't like, my parents didn't like do didn't reno- renovations any. until like much later. So the house wasn't like nearly as open when I was a kid, lots of corners and ah. stuff. But I will say the layout of this house is like I don't know how long it took them to scout a house with a layout like this, but like it's perfect. For it, this it's movie. a beautiful architecturally, I, I think, and yeah. just the way that it, I think, like I forget that the ho- that the film set in the eighties, but architecturally, it's very and, and the the decor within that house is yeah. very nineteen eighties. Yeah, like the fact that the living room is separated from the rest by like a partial wall with like wood on top of it mm-hmm. is so like yeah that it's really good. Liam, you've been patient. Like this movie. Yeah. Um, Is it Doctor, hurry up. We have a patient. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I think this movie is a lot of fun. I really like it. Nice. I really like this movie, too. Three for three, baby. Yeah. Good job, Henry and Ariel. <laughs> I, I I agree with a whole lot of what you guys are saying. Um, you know, so what am, I, what am I to do? I think... I really do think the performances of the kids are great. And that goes a long way. Um... I genuinely think this movie goes from the level of praise that I'm giving it to like borderline bad if one of those kids is really bad. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because it would take everything down with it. Like every selling every scene gets harder. For sure, yeah. The scares aren't going to be as good. And then the in-between stuff, which is equally as important, yeah. um, you know, you're not going to feel like those kids are really in danger, really in fear for their yeah. lives. And I think the father I figure, the father figure, I forget the name of the actor. Uh, Dennis's character. Yeah. He's really good too. I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, I, yeah, again, good casting. It's just he feels affable. He, he, uh, maybe he used to be a piece of, huge piece of shit, but he doesn't feel like it anymore. He actually feels a very likable guy. He's, he's very obsessive. He's obsessive, but yeah. he's not, he's not the kind of guy where I watch it and I'm just like, uh, thinking this guy needs to needs needs to cut it out like yeah. i can totally i can put myself in that situation and be like i can totally understand getting obsessed with this yeah and the way that his character i think embodies like that that kind of like analog horror character that you need to make this kind of a vehicle work somebody with the drive of of like you know your central characters and blow out or blow up right somebody who's who's like willing to have that obsessive drive to pour over the footage wouldn't the film wouldn't work without a without a character like that and totally it's already his job yeah. so it's like a very easy transition for him to just be like you see him like stop working on weddings and yeah. start doing that i think that's what makes it so good near the end when when we see him and they've had the argument and he stayed up late and he's like catching up on yeah. work and there is a, there is an irony that he works on weddings and then his end is this kind of like black mass like this this sort of almost like an opposite of marriage like in terms of like what the 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 purpose that the ritual serves yeah and he's he's filming like the greatest day of other people's lives and everyone's documenting the worst day yeah there was an irony there i think in that final sequence given his occupation every new worst day of his life gets filmed like over and over again yeah instead of night one it should say the worst night of dennis's (laughs) life number two i will say actually i liked the title cards I don't yeah. know. I don't know if people have strong feelings about those, but I was like, nice. They're yeah. they're a calling card of the. I of figured the, they must be. Yeah. Yeah. I figured the only reason it made sense for them to be there was that because otherwise, I feel like what you do is you put the date in the corner, like yeah. old, like an old 
tape. VHS, yeah. Like, you're just leaning yeah, all the way. Yeah, like, I... It's weird that they don't lean more into, like, a lower-fi, like, look. Like, that's maybe I wish my, they had. That's maybe my only aesthetic gripe, is, like, you've perfunctor, perfunctorily put it in the 80s, but, like... It doesn't really look I think, like it. I think there is enough grain that skews the movement of things. Where yeah, but they could. I guess they could have just went a little further. Where the but the grain is, it's soft enough that, um, like it doesn't obscure it as much as it could. But it also like in those early scenes where you're not sure if there's movement in the frame or stuff like that, the grain does a good job giving you reasonable doubt or or uh, to doubt your perception. Right. I think. Anyway, we're and all I, cutting I, you off, Liam. We want to know what you think. No, it's all good. I think if the movie were made today, it would absolutely have that 80s green because that's much more in now. Yeah. Um, Honestly, yeah. I think if that movie came out today, I, I'm like, I have half a mind to think they'd fucking uh, four by three. Yeah. Like, they'd go like all the way, all the way. Because if it's home movies, like, it's not like you're shooting it in, yeah. in wide. <laughs> like. And there's definitely a different art to I just don't know. I think some of what they do in this movie doesn't work if you 4x3. Yeah, I think a lot of it doesn't work in 4x3. Oscillating camera doesn't work. I think her jumping off the banister doesn't work. Um, yeah. So much of it is... They frame it for wide, which I find interesting. Like, yeah. the framing of the bedroom where they sleep versus where the open door is. Mm-hmm. Like, they're somewhat off to the side, and the most lit part of the frame is right in the center. Yeah, and, the door. Uh, and like the Bloody Mary sequence with like the different mirrors reflecting Dude, into each other. The second I don't Bloody think it Mary works. sequence is so good. Yeah, it's really good. And when like Randy the, opens, the scratch. yeah, and then when Randy opens the door and like you see stuff and like they're just trapped in this room. Yeah, and, and it's daylight. Yeah, that I think. Thank you for saying that. I think what's and I'm sorry, Liam, because we keep we keep doing that. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Do you mean it? Yeah. Okay. Um. That's the first big scare we get during the day, and it's also yeah. one of the biggest like jumps in severity. Well, that we in get. terms of like just like the sheer oppressiveness of like yeah. of like this entity. Well, and also yeah. it's like drawing blood, and like it's like serious. Yeah, and also yeah, it's broad. Like, it's the first one. They're that's, completely like, helpless in there. Yeah, like, it, could, it could get them if it wanted. I think to. it's a good idea that it's so punitive. Where it's yeah. like, okay, you're gonna fucking egg me on. Like, okay, fine, mm. you asked for it. Um, it's such a smart way to bake the escalation in because the kid's not going to not do that mm-hmm. um so i think it does a good job yeah i think that scene is so great because you're watching an adult desperately try to keep his composure in front of a child to not scare her more yeah because he has to be like no everything's fine and he knows exactly what's going on in this house he's been reviewing the footage and so he he's keenly aware that this house is filled to the brim with demons and he's like <laughs> and yet he still agrees to play bloody mary and i'm not sure why you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit there i if it were me i'd be like yeah no fucking way yeah i guess maybe at that point he hasn't quite seen enough um to really be certain Sure. And he's and he's also being invited to play a ch- a child's game. He doesn't know the rules of this demon. He doesn't know. Okay, if I do this, it actually is going to make a demon show up. Um, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, yeah, it really does just make for some great performances. I mean, that girl really seems like she is terrified for her life, and then he also seems terrified, but he's trying to keep it together. So I think that is a great bit of tension. Um, and just the even the geography of that scene, like it's like you're not sure if you should be afraid of the mirror or if you should be afraid of the bedroom outside or if you should be afraid of like 
what's behind the girl in mm-hmm. in the room really impressive and i i i think that's really where the heart of the movie is is that it ju- it does just enough to make you um to make me invested in these characters there are little small moments like uh dennis talking with randy about like what back to the future should actually be called yeah. so the uh, perfect thing like mitch was talking about just like just having it there just to have it there people were definitely having that argument and randy's wrong by the way <laughs> yeah randy's wrong as shit um and so stuff like that just and then the conversation between dennis and his wife what's her name Julie? Julie. Julie. Yeah, Julie. Um, Julie's the only performance that doesn't really do it for me. Really? Yeah. You just hate women. I think she's, yeah, I guess. <laughs> He's all right with that. No, I shouldn't even. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> no, but, but uh, I, I don't think she's bad, but I think her, I found her character irritating. I think her, like, the, I, think I should double back and say the performance was fine. But I, I just... In fairness, she's dealing with a guy that she is convinced is, like, being an asshole on purpose. Yeah. He's like, shut up about the fucking ghosts in our house, Dennis. We have real problems. <laughs> like... You don't have a job. How else was she gonna react? And that is one of those tough horror movie things to balance that a lot of movies have, where it's like, someone has... has to be unlikable, because they're not playing along. Yeah. Someone has seen something that they are sure is a, a clear sign that something evil is happening... And the other person has to be unwilling to even entertain it because you can't have them both yeah, yeah. on the if, same page. If Dennis goes to show her the tape and she goes, okay, yeah, I got five minutes, and then sees a sheet vanish or whatever, would would just go, toe to tip, that's a demon. Like, yeah. just, yeah. like you would one, just be like, yeah, dude. One thing that's interesting about this one is, compared to other paranormal activity, activity movies, is that you know, the people in the central relationship are on much more even footing. Like, I think, I can't remember if it's the first or the second where the the couple's fighting the whole time. Um, one of them. But yeah. Just the fact that they're on, like, they're on, like, mostly even terms. I think another really interesting film, a scene that plays differently, knowing how this movie ends, this is kind of unrelated, but it's the the scene where the mom comes over to like check in and it's just like, Oh, I wish you had I m- wish you'd more break up with Dennis. I wish you'd break up with him. I feel like that scene plays so differently. It plays differently when she's like, Didn't you say you wanted a big family with a lot of kids? Because then it feels like it's yeah. like, Oh, you want like coven fodder for your witch shit. Yeah. Um Let me be happy with my two kids and my wedding photographer, man. Also, um, it's creepy too. This the sequence of her at the birthday party, like the where they're interviewing everybody at the birthday party, mm-hmm. and sort of what I forget what she says. But it's got, uh, it, but the it's, vibes it's, are off. it's creepy. Yeah, it's a very thoughtfully considered movie. Yeah, I'm kind of in between you guys on the ending. I like it in Pick concept. In fact, in fact. Um, the ending was the most memorable thing for me, you know, when I was since I've seen the movie. That's that's all I've remembered mm-hmm. about the movie. I've forgotten about the oscillating fan. I forgot about all these set pieces, but I remembered that some witchy looking old women show up at the end, and that seemed really bold and scary to me. And I s- still agree that it is. I mean, for the same reason, I think Hereditary is very scary. Spoilers for Hereditary. Um, the fact that that evil ends up having a, a human connection. There are people who are champions of that evil and are um, uh, 
dedicating their lives to upholding it. I think that's really scary. And this movie is doing a similar thing. So I think it's it's really creepy and clever that we are we are learning that this evil uh, is familial and and has roots. But the movie loses me a bit in the execution of the ending because I think that's the only period in the movie where I start to really doubt characters' choices, like particularly Dennis. Like I'm doubting like why he's picking up the camera, why he's not running out of the house. Just so there's still a movie, I guess. Exactly. But, like why but, uh, he's approaching his daughter in such a slow, quiet way. Um, and so that stuff kind of starts to grate on me, and I wish it didn't because I think you've uh, you've done so well and you've been so tactful in the in the construction of these characters and and why these c- cameras are filming and i feel like the movie kind of rushes to a conclusion in its last five minutes um i think that's a really that good point. I, th- I think that's totally I think that's fair. definitely fair um definitely fair i i think like the ending is not is not perfect but there's things that i like about it i think the 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 blocking throughout the whole film is extraordinary um just with how economic they they are with a, they're able to have a shot of a single space evolve in almost like a almost in like a tableau kind of fashion with with people moving through the the frame very expressively like for example i think the final shot where dennis is killed the camera's on the floor but we see him walking into the into the frame in the foreground and we see uh his daughter kneeling at the foot of the stairs staring out into the yard where there's this like fire burning right and there's this glow and the blocking there is really evocative i totally agree and then you know he falls it gets his back broken the camera doesn't really move it's it's just sort of still there with this beautiful um framing within the doorway and eventually we just see different characters come into the frame and then they walk up the stairs they turn and say toby you come too yeah that's and, scary and man. it's creepy yeah. and this all the framing in that sequence is is just extraordinary with the blocking so um i think on a technical level it works really well um i i do agree all those logical jumps that you have to make to to be like okay well why is he still shooting um but I think at that point, um, you just kind of need to, to finish the movie. I don't know. I feel like you're already making logical jumps throughout much of the the rest of the film with why people are doing what they're doing. But um, I don't know. I it, just, it works for me. I feel like they have they've done a fair amount of work in crafting these characters. And in that last sequence, he becomes just like a... A cinematographer for the scary stuff as opposed yeah. to being a character yeah. behind the camera you know like his his wife falls down the stairs on him like dead and uh he moves on very quickly yeah and, and but there's that bit near the end when they they ask him why he's still filming uh when they're at the other house they're like oh we're not there anymore why are you still filming why are you still filming is it because i feel like i'm i'm helping or i feel like i'm doing something yeah, and I buy it there. I buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I buy his motivations now. He's just so dedicated to documenting his family. There is this, like, obsessive thing. And maybe they could have played that out more. Um, but it works enough for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's all you need to do is just put a little bit of extra stuff in there. Maybe yeah. just have him set the cameras up and not have the cameras be held handheld for as much of that sequence. Because I totally agree with you that the... The concept of the ending on paper, 
I think is is really cool and um like even like have an argument with him and the mom while he's like setting up cameras in the house being like what the fuck are you doing I don't want this in my house like I think there are things that you can do to keep that verisimilitude Though the movie does very much feel like it's over by the time it gets there. It's so fatalistic. I think it's not in a rush to set those things up because it's like, ah. Yeah. They've lost already. They've lost already that these people are doomed and we know it, right? And there's, I love in these movies where like near the end, they often go to a different destination or something to try and escape their fate uh, vainly. Um, It's great. Great stuff. Yeah. Corey, what do you think you would have thought of this movie had you seen it when it came out? Do you regret not seeing it earlier? Now no, that I would have watched it through my fingers? fucking fingers or something, probably. And do you wa- think you would have liked it? No, because I didn't like horror movies. Uh, like, I remember being a like, bit scared of it, for sure, yeah, when I saw it. Like, it was foundational. Like, I would have had a bad time because like I didn't want to be there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been like, I was dragged, I was terrified, get me out of this room. Like... Almost no matter what was on the screen, like it just wasn't gonna happen. Um, so I waited probably the appropriate amount of years. Nice. About thirteen years was about right. Nice. Twelve, thirteen years was about was about as many as I needed. Yeah. This movie should have been rated PG twenty six. Yeah, I go with my parents. They might have a good time for that. Because I would still need parental guidance in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, really, really cool movie. I think it probably got more flack than it deserved when it came out just because these Being movies the were coming one. out so often. Yeah. Um, like, like, it's cool to hear Corey say that this movie, um, it's so no, it's so impressive that it has good ideas for how to frame these scares because I remember when this movie came out, people were like, this well has run dry. If you had just seen two whole movies of that, I'm sure I might have felt slightly yeah, differently. I, I, re- I remember kind of, I remember liking this movie when I saw it and having fun with it, but I, I think I swept it under the rug a little bit as being, you know, d- derivative. Me too. Yeah, um, me too. And I seeing it again is is been great. Me too. And I was I was considering watching one and two again, um, in prep for this one to just get reacquainted and be able to compare it more closely to at least the first two movies and not just do it based off memory. But then I had that realization that all the movies are very similar and I don't want to tire myself out by the time I get to the one that then we're I'm actually glad talking about. Because I might have I not liked this. Because if I had watched the, all three of them in a row, I might have been like, it's doing the paranormal activity thing again. Um, and it very much is. I but think. it's doing it well it's regardless. Doing it well. It's, effect- it's an effective film. It's well made. If it works, it works. That's why they made yeah. fucking 14 of them in like yeah. three months or and whatever. And cheap and uh, very, very efficient. I admire the spirit of this movie. It's scrappy. This this room it's that we're recording moxie. in right now would be a great room to put a camera in. Yeah. Put it on that has. fan right there. We've got two oscillating fans. Yeah, but also... We should just, just film like, our podcast on oscillating fans. But it fans. also has like... <laughs> It'll be tense. It has like three... We've only got one camera. Three visible doors. Uh, yeah. Which I think it would be good. Three? One, two, and then the bathroom door. I see one there as well. Well, yeah. we're sitting in different spots in the room. But depending upon where you put that oscillating camera. It, it doesn't have to oscillate. It could. You would love it if it oscillated, Corey. Don't well, I mean, like, But if they did an oscillating camera in every movie, I'm going to get bored. Unless they start oscillating it up and down. 
If they oscillated it up and down, the uh, the kitchen scene would be ruined. I bet. I bet you that. I bet you they did that at first, and they were like, "Wait a second, ah, that doesn't work." Yeah, or uh, they could do it up and down, shoot it vertically, and like make it for TikTok. Because you're watching it on a phone. That might be the next way to go. I hate that I put that out into the universe. I don't want them to do that. I wonder if they have ring cameras in the in the newest. They one. must like. Also, can I say ring cameras fucking freak me out? Yeah, me too. Like, I really don't like that apparently um, people that live near you can decide to be, like, potentially filming you 24-7 without notice all the time, and it gets archived. Like, and, because, like, I don't know, corporations are already tracking, like, our every fucking move that, like, now your neighbors can try to police your behavior and they can claim to have evidence and just, like, watch you all the time. I don't like that at all. Yeah, and it, I was joking earlier about the Michelle Foucault neighborhood panopticon thing, but like that is what it is. And, in in a way, um, yeah, I think it's because like people start self. If you're if you think you're surrounded by cameras, you self police. Yeah, like, that's, and on the scary like YouTube rabbit hole, like if you go down there, there's there's so many videos that are like the top five scariest things caught on ring cameras. Honestly, the the thing I find scarier than that is the idea of everybody having a ring camera. Yeah, I've only seen bad things on ring cameras. Same. They're terrifying. <laughs> I have somebody up the road who has one that hasn't fully initiated it. So, like, every time you pass by, it's like, hello, I am ring camera. Like, you need to do this, this, and this. So, somebody has one that's, like, got a motion sensor, right? And so, every time you, like, walk by the house on the sidewalk, it goes off. Wow. And it's like, please initiate the ring camera. Always watching. Yeah, it's always watching, but apparently it hasn't been fully initiated. So I'm more trusting of that. Yeah, one. you know. Well, you know which house you can break into. I guess. Yeah, fuck ring cameras. The demon house. Um, do we want to see if the next movie that we're watching has yeah. demon cameras? Oh, you know, speaking of demon houses, I once heard a, a very interesting uh, folk tale. I'm not sure if it's a folk tale. My dad and I were driving out. This is real. Or are you doing this? A bit? Is a real story. <laughs> But there was a house, um, and I think it was an octagonal-shaped house, and there's a bunch of them. Did Dana White live there? I don't know. But there's a, there's a bunch of them throughout Ontario, um, octagonal-shaped houses. In like a specific part of the Ottawa Valley, my dad was telling me about this, and it's because of like a 19th century superstition that if you were ever cornered in the house by the devil, that you would never really get caught in a corner because the house had so many sides that you could you would never get cornered. Tell that to UFC fighters in the dying in the fucking octagon, baby. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, it was kind of an interesting... We were passing by and I was like, why are there all these weirdly shaped where houses? Are those? I don't think I even I forget, know about that. I forget where. They're, 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 they're everywhere. Gosh. They're, they're going to be somewhere between here and, like, and Pet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's giving like... What town on the it's way giving, It's giving, like, that kind of, like, puritanism that's, yeah, like... But it's know. given, like, in between, like, Renfrew and Cobden. Yeah, is that, that would be around is where, where it I is. would put them. Somewhere yeah. around there. My dad was telling me about it that... Because that, yeah. uh, my family's been in the Ottawa, Ottawa Valley for, like... For generations. Yeah, for, like, you know, over 100 years. And so I'm not sure where he heard that about that house and the people who used to live there. But kind of interesting bit of folk legend. That is cool. It yeah. is. Do we want to, Jenna? How many things we got in there? 
3.05. It's dwindling. We need to add. We're going to run out. Only 3.05. Shit, we only got, like, what, a year? <laughs> That's a lie, because that would be if we did one a day, which we sort of famously don't do a podcast a day. How exhausted of doing this would we get if we tried to do one every single Could you single imagine day? if I shook up a monade for you guys every single that day? That would here? be incredible. That, that would be the best part of it. Yeah. Big money. No skeletons. No skeletons. Thank you. No mons. <laughs> the bones are the skeletons' money. Yeah, it's true. The worms are their dollars. Um, three, two, one, spin. Ooh, we're in the same zone, I think. The Q zone? We're, dude, it's right in our Q zone. <laughs> Palm tree girls love palm tree guys. <laughs> I've watched I Think You Should Leave since our last episode, in case the <laughs> listeners can't tell. Season three now? No, I still got to do that. Because there's one I want to quote to you from season three really badly, but yeah. I don't want to say it yet. Okay, what I'll, do we got? What do we get? get? get we got there. 133. Oh, Jesus, it's early. It's, no, it's like the middle. We have 305. Okay, I thought we had more for some reason. You just don't pay attention. I guess I don't care about the general. 133. So we just missed another Final Destination movie. Uh. 132, Final Destination 5. That would have been too much Final Destination too close together. I don't know. I guess that was a long time ago. It was like three months ago. It's a long time. We don't gotta worry. And we also just missed The Gate 2. The Gate. Oh, like the 80s movie with like the little claymation guys? Yeah, little That dudes. might have been kind of fun. Yeah. I was thinking of The Ninth Gate, like that Johnny Depp movie. What is that? I don't know that one. You're making that up. That's no, it's a real movie. Don't worry. I'm pretty sure it's directed by Roman Polanski. Ugh. Gross, right? Nightmare blunt rotation. Yeah, I remember watching it like once late night on, on late night on TV before I knew who he was. Which one, Polanski or Johnny Depp? <laughs> kind of a whoever wins we lose scenario. <laughs> no, nah, I think talking yeah. about Alien versus Predator. Am I right? Um, so okay. what we got is still an '80s horror sequel. Okay. It is Basket Case 2. Oh. Okay. Okay. Why did I think Basket Case was the Peter Jackson movie? What is that called? Dead Alive. Dead Alive. I get them confused, too. The first Weird. one, the yeah. first Basket Case, is it late 70s? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mitch, do you, uh, you want to plug anything before we leave your house because it's late? No, but I, but Toby would. Mm-hmm. Oh. Toby was the oscillating fan the whole time. That's the ultimate plot twist. Uh, Liam, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I have a film writing alter ego on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. I have a band called Guest Room Status. We have more monthly listeners than... <laughs> I don't want to say that. Whatever the name is. I don't even remember it. <laughs> and um, I also have a Weezer podcast. Uh, it's called In the Weeds with Weezer, the Little Bitches podcast. What album are you guys on? The next one we record... Well, I guess that doesn't really matter to the people. The next one to come out, I believe, is uh, Make Believe, which is the album with Beverly Hills. Okay, great. That'll I be the next that one. one to be released. That's a classic. That's so where, we, I, so that's we've where done, I want to be, sort of famously. That's right. We've uh, done the first four. Nice. Um, you can listen to MK Podquest, now that we have an actual trajectory of what we're running down through to the end, um, including... Uh, an episode coming out about Mortal Kombat live tour, uh, which was like a stage performance. And also the next episodes will be about the two Mortal Kombat albums. And we'll also be doing the novelization 
So we've got quite a bit left kicking in there. MK Podquest, MortalCombatConquest.ca. Speaking of Mortal Kombat Conquest, I need to give a quick shout out today. I need to date the episode just to really get this one home because I'm not going to be recording with Neil today, but we need to bring this home. So they did a character reveal today for Natara, who is being played by Megan Fox, which is sort of fun in its own right. And um, there's a voice line that she has with Kung Lao's character in the game where he says, what have you done with Jen's body? And then she says, uh, like, oh, you'll never see it again or whatever, like evil stuff, which is fun because obviously that's probably a reference to Jennifer's body, you know, Megan Fox, whatever. But also... Kung Lao's in the mix, and one of the people involved with making the game invoked Mortal Kombat Conquest when they posted about it. We've now got even more intel here, Liam, as I see you pick up your microphone. One of the people involved in making the game said, when inspiration strikes, you have to go for it, but a hashtag for Mortal Kombat Conquest. So, like, it's a pretty intentional... It's a pretty intentional reference, and that means we officially won. We did it. We got a reference to the TV show in the game. Congratulations, everybody. I just want to reiterate that Corey said anyone who devotes a significant amount of their time to demons is a nerd. What about what I said with had on. to do with demons? Nothing. <laughs> I guess I'm not a nerd, am I? <laughs> it's demons only. <laughs> is Kung Lao not a demon? No, he's just a guy. Damn. The great Kung Lao's an even greater guy. How is he able to beat so many people up without demon powers? I got a great podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest.ca can solve all your problems. Um, thank you all once again for listening to this episode. Have they made another one? You can find us all over the internet on Instagram at they made another, which is all one word and on letterbox.tmao. Mitch looks like he's about to say something. Um, leave us a review. Rate us five stars. Tell us about your demons. Any of that. Uh, you can find episodes on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and all the other websites that are fit to publish podcasts. Uh, you can reach us via email at tmao.com. No. You can reach us via email at tmao at... Gmail. No. No. You can reach us at tmaopodcast at gmail.com. Nice. With recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your backyard wrestling stories. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, some kind of weaved sort of thing is going to happen next week. Um, they made another one. Oh my god! Demons are real!